Okay. Checking levels and stuff. Yeah, that's better. Am I on the snowball? On the snowball. Hey, there's like two minutes and thing. forty seconds left in the game. Okay. Well, let. Why don't we just uh, let you finish watching? Okay, because it's tied and. Okay. Who are the Spurs playing? The Memphis Grizzlies. Really? So Memphis Grizzlies. It's the it's round one of the playoffs. Oh, okay. So so I don't know if Spurs were in first or second place at the end of the season. You know, it's a bracket system that where like the the number one team plays the number eight team and number two plays number seven and so forth. Oh, okay. But I I feel like they should be beating the Grizzlies easily, and the Grizzlies are really making making it hard on them. Well. The Grizzlies wouldn't have made it into the playoffs had they not been somewhat good. Right, yeah. I guess, you know, the... Uh, At worst, they're the number eight team in the, the NBA. In their division, yeah. Oh, in their division, okay. Hang on. Oh, crazy. It's got crazy. Craziness happened. Did somebody shoot somebody on the court? Well, no, nothing like that, of oh, course. Oh, okay. Uh, he scared me there for a minute. Oh, 91-90, Spurs. Minute 40 left. Okay. But you know, minute 40 in basketball can take 7, 8, 12 minutes. Yeah, well. But damn, dude. I thought you were about to say 7, 8 hours. <laughs> <laughs> it only feels Spurs, like hours. Yeah. The Spurs kept at, they kept getting behind by 10 points, 7 points, 8 points. I'm like, well, they're going to lose this game. And then they'd come back. Mm. Now they're ahead by one with wow. a minute 17 left. Well. <laughs> Remember the Alamo. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh doesn't make any sense, but okay. Yeah. Well it's near it's in San Antonio where the Spurs are from, I guess. That's about it. Yeah. Well yeah. It means hey Did, we, uh, we can come back from a, a terrible defeat and, and win handily. Yeah. Well they do do that at times. They got beat pretty bad in game three. Well, the last game. Okay. That's why I was just like, you know, because they do two games at home. They won those easily. Then they went to Memphis. They lost the first game there. And you're like, you know, come on. They should win at least one of these games. So now you got to figure out if they're, you know, now now it's, I don't know. It'd be different if there was eight, nine, ten minutes left. But there's a minute 17 left. How long can it take, right? Yeah, well, you know, there's always timeouts and intentional fouls yeah. to stop the clock and yeah. free throws now they're and, now know. they're watching a replay just make sure they made the right call exactly time goes into slow motion yeah that's basketball it is a game of seconds i mean in a way it's kind of like you know like baseball <clears throat> is rarely a game uh, where time time matters a whole lot, even at the end. Right. If a te if a team scores, the other team has a chance. If if it's the exactly if, depending on depending on where they're playing and all that kind of stuff. But but ba basketball can kind of come down to doing as much as you can in a few seconds. True. And a lot can happen in a few seconds. It it can. Mm. Did uh did you go out to dinner tonight? No, we were grilling. Some steaks. Mm, okay. Yeah. We just lost track of time, and uh, I was still digesting when you, when 9 o'clock <laughs> rolled around. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, so I said, mm, I better better wait and see what this steak does to my guts. And, right. Uh, it's, it's sitting happily in my tummy. 
Oh, good. Okay. Yes, I had a. Well, you know, I had a New York strip steak, and Sierra had a a different cut of meat. Her preferred preference of meat, which is a lot nicer than a New York strip steak. Oh. Yeah. What do well, you call it? Oh, yeah. Good, really. A, a filet. That's what she calls it. It's like a filet mignon, but n- no, it's not bacon wrapped, and it's larger than your average filet mignon, but very thick. Is hmm. her, Yes. She just calls it a filet, because I guess... I like all steak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like the New York strip steak that I made for myself. Hell, I'm happy with just a sirloin. Yeah, not my not my favorite, but I mean I'm okay with the sirloin too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I can do with that. But New York Strip is definitely a, a cut above, probably literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking that's what I would get. You know, by my work is a Lone Lone Star Steakhouse. Yeah. And I go there and eat every once in a while at lunch, and uh, but it's expensive, you know. But right. But, it's it's okay, but when I worked up north, right across the street was the Texas Roadhouse, mm-hmm. and they're just so much better. They were only open they were only open for lunch on Friday, so I would go almost every Friday. I would go there and have lunch, and I, their New York strip was really good, even though I know it's kind of oh yes. Even though I know it's kind of a kind of a you know not the most expensive cut or whatever you want to say. No, but it's it's it's, still, it's certainly ten times better than a sirloin. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, what's going on? Twelve seconds left, Mark. Oh, really? Wow, seconds. time has flown yeah. by. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> that whole minute seventeen that was five minutes ago. Now it's a minute and five seconds later. Yeah. Well, what's the score right now? The uh, Spurs are up by either two or four. Hmm. There's 12 seconds left. I, I think they're up by four. Okay. Which means it would be hard for the Grizzlies to catch up in 12 seconds. Yeah. Because they'd have to make two baskets. But I need they don't usually right. the scores on there all the time. Now I don't know. They don't have the score up. They're just trying um, to drive you crazy. Yeah. Let's oh no! It's ninety six, ninety four. They're up by two. Hmm. So if it goes into overtime, oh. we can start the show. Okay. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Even whether well, I know, I appreciate your patience here. Ah, uh, that's cool. Uh, that's kind of it's exciting to see you excited about it. I like this. I like what you know. I like watching the Spurs, but you know, there's so many freaking games in a year. I think they play like 120 games or something. Wow. Maybe it's not that many. I I think it is though. Hmm. Um, they because they start in like October, October or November, and yeah. play through April, and then the playoffs just started last week. Um, so there's so many freaking games that it's hard to get excited until the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you know, right. you know what I mean. That's like that's when the excitement gets accelerated. Yeah. Right. It's like college basketball. You know, they have the old March Madness. That's when everything goes from being boring to super exciting. Right. Exactly. All right. Eight seconds. They've got a score, and they do. Who the Grizzlies? Spurs have. Yep. Oh. So it's ninety six ninety six with four point five seconds left. <laughs> Is somebody gonna do a, a hail mary uh, throw cross court? They have to. If they don't do that and make it, then it's overtime. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. Short timeout, of course. I'd like to go to San Antonio and see a Spurs game sometime. Yeah, hell, I'd even be up for that. That would be fun, I think, just to go, don't, you know. Yeah. 
don't have to have super expensive seats. No. Because really, it's all about it's all about eating hot dogs and dipping dots and all that stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> the game's really about and drinking beer. And drinking beer, absolutely. Yeah. I really enjoy a live sporting event. I don't care what sport it is. It's just, it's, right? it's a whole different experience. I don't watch a lot of sports on TV, but if somebody invites me to go see um, a live game somewhere, I'm all about it. It's just something about the experience that uh, is very attractive to me. Yeah, I I'm, I feel the same way. I, uh, you know, I've uh, been to a lot of different things. I remember when I worked for KLOL back in the day, mm-hmm. they used to give us tickets to the, there was like a, a Houston talk, hockey team, the Houston Arrows. Yeah. And, um, we used to go to the games all the time, and I'd get into it just because you're there, you right. know. Exactly. Having a good time watching the game. You got a team, to, a home team to root for. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah. There's something about the energy in a stadium with that many people in one place. It it has a life of its own. Right, right. And it doesn't matter if you you like hockey. I don't. I only understand the basic thing. You got to put the puck in the net. You know, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. really all I know. But, um, (laughs) you know, but it was still fun. You know, it's just like football. I understand the rules, basically. Sure. You know, but but, I, you know, some stuff I don't you know, I don't know what a nickel defense or a dime defense is. But, um, yeah, you know, you don't have to know that to enjoy the game. It is nice to know some of the basic stuff. But well, of course. Okay, so it's going to be. A uh, playoff or uh, overtime, so overtime. we can start the show. Okay. Yeah, we you can mean, start the show. I'll uh, try not to pay attention to it. We've already started the <laughs> we've already started the pre-show, so don't worry about it. I might actually keep, uh, did you- keep some of this banter. Let's talk about steaks. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Yes. Um, steaks are good. You know, I used to. Uh-huh. I used to always order them uh, well done because I don't really like red in the middle of my steak. Oh, really? Do you still do that? Yeah, I mean, no, I order them medium well now, and they usually uh, come with very little pink when you do that. So, right, you know, I can, I can, t- and they do taste better medium well than well done. Well done, they just burn them. They don't care. Okay, but uh, they're like, what kind of dumbass orders a well done steak? We're just gonna burn it. But. Uh, <laughs> Okay. But like I can't, you know, people love prime rib. I can't eat prime rib. It's too rare for me. I don't I okay. don't want any bloodiness or any red really. Yeah. You know. Okay, what what I understand you're saying here is you like a big slab of meat. You don't like pink. Is That's that, right. Is that kind of your I life like a- that's your life philosophy. So I was going to say on my tombstone, he liked a big old slab of meat. <laughs> Indeed. Don't put oh, any don't, don't put any pink in front of his face. Nope. nope. Well, now wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> now you get it. Okay, good. Yeah. Ah, uh, mm. all right. Shall we Forge ahead and just do the intro and start going. Yeah, I think so. Let me find my mouse first. Okay. All right. Sometimes, because I got a uh, wireless mouse here, if you let it sit idle for a while, it kind of freezes until you push Doesn't a button. Doesn't know what to do. Well, I mean, I it, don't know what to do. It does that to save battery. If it's mm, if it's mm-hmm. idle for a while, it you know it'll shut itself down until you push one of the buttons, and then it's like, okay, I'm awake. Right. Um, that makes sense. All right. It's from New York, right? Idlewild? Yes. 
<laughs> wow, that was a, a, a stretch, uh, yeah. but, you know, I appreciate the effort. I mean, that was, you know, you were going for a pun yeah. there. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it, came, it just came to me because when you said it takes a while, it's, it's if it idles a while or something, I'm like, Idlewild? Yeah. <laughs> All right, can I explain the pun? And that took the fun out of it. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you know. Oh, I forgot to do you the thing. All that out. Just I forgot. edit that yeah, out. I'll edit all that out. I'll just insert a groan because that's the correct response to a pun is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you may you may be correct, my friend. Yeah. And yeah. you were saying I, you forgot to do something. I think I forgot to let the cat back in, but you know. oh, do you need to do that? No, I, because no, because the mouse is there, so you might want to keep put the cat in there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, they just keep coming, motherfucker! Yes, they just keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I'm, uh, I'm definitely gonna edit that out. No, <laughs> all that's going, all that's out. Yeah, man. all all, all out. gone, all gone. It's all gone. Yeah, sure? I don't. I don't blame you. No, that's that, what is it? This yes, is, this isn't a podcast for kids. For fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no children allowed. That's why. No. We, that's why uh, on iTunes it has the letter E next to our podcast. For what does e-, e stand for? Explicit. Potentially. Oh. Explicit. I thought E stood for everyone. Everyone can listen to this podcast. <laughs> of e, course. Yes. E is for everyone. Uh, yes. A Slippery Slope is brought to you by the letter E for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and the number, Aww. what's the number? 69. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, then. All right. Well, shall we, we? We can start this thing if you like. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Good. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go in three, two, one. Keeping podcasts weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you, hey, Cupcake, Spider House, the Austin Lounge Lizards, Zachary Scott, keep Austin weird bumper stickers and t-shirts, the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats, it's a slippery slope. The podcast with those slackers, Mark Browner and Lodger. <laughs> I changed it up, man. You I did. I changed it up a little. <laughs> I think uh, it's it's very appropriate. So uh, well done. Oh. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank, thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. I, I was like, I was like, ooh, we. You know, it's funny because I was I was reading it. You know how you do something like I I kind of wrote this intro, although we changed the 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 places and people and things that we put in it every week. We do. And and uh, this week I was looking at it, getting ready, because I knew it was my turn to do the intro, and I was like, man, this is kind of stupid. From Austin, Texas, the city that brought you these things. I'm like, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. But Why? It is what we. It is what it is. We've been doing it for 30, what is this, 38 podcasts now? Yes, this is episode so, 38. So no, so it man. Is what it is, man. <laughs> don't don't second guess yourself. I mean, you you came up with this intro, 
and I think it is the icing on the cake, man. It gets people excited, makes them say, hmm, all right, cool, man, something good's coming up here. <laughs> hey, they're, they're, they're giving props to uh, the people and places that have made this town so unique and interesting. So why yeah. not? Yeah, Absolutely. it's just one of those things. You know, it's like when you when you know you you say a word that you've said all your life one day, and it's like, really, that oh, right. doesn't sound right. <laughs> you know, yeah. And you're like, start convincing yourself that you're saying it wrong or that it something's mm. weird about it. That's just kind of what that was. And so, like Austin, Texas, the city that brought you. Hmm. <laughs> yeah you know it's funny you mentioned that about when you say a word sometimes when i'm writing a word i'm i'm looking i look at it and i'm like is that how that word is spelled that's so weird oh i know i never noticed that yeah. until now why are why are there two o's right next to each other it almost seems like there should be a u there <laughs> but there's two o's and they're just they sticking out it's they're just staring at me and right <laughs> and, and and then i take my medicine and everything's okay <laughs> everything's good yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way, though. I'm And uh, uh, I can't remember if it was a TV show or something I was watching a few weeks ago where someone was like, D- do you ever say your name and it just sounds weird? Like, my name is Bob. Bob. Oh, okay. Bob. What does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. But, you know. It means. I don't know. Word. It means man, I'm. Word. I, it means I'm too lazy to say Robert. Right. <laughs> it's the old. Knock, knock, who's there? Bob, Bob who? Bob up and kiss my ass. <laughs> I think that's a dad joke. I think that's the one my dad told me. <laughs> mm, okay. Uh, Your dad told anyway. you that joke? How old were you when he told uh, yeah. you that joke? Oh, when I was an, when I was an adult. Please, yeah. my parents were perfect okay. parents. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We definitely hey. have that in common. Yeah, my parents rarely cursed in front of me when I was a kid, and still rarely cursed in front of me. Yes, I, I, I'd say I had an idyllic childhood by most standards. Oh, me, yeah. So I, myself I, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really can't complain about that in, in that regard. Of course, uh, you know, I think I'd have been a, a tougher person had they abused me a little bit. What do you think? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, that's that. You know. I know I mean, you're making a joke, but, yeah. you know, I, sometimes I think, you know, I, you know, I was raised, I'm still, you know, until I was much older, I was pretty naive. And still to this day, if somebody tells me something, I pretty much believe it unless I know it's bullshit or unless they say it in a way that indicates it's bullshit. You know what I mean? Right. It's like if somebody tells me, oh, yeah, I did this and this, I believe them until unless I know better otherwise or right. until they tell me they were lying because uh, you know i just take people at their face value and i okay. think that's part of my childhood was mm-hmm. you know i, I you trusted I people lied to a yeah. lot yeah you trusted people and um sure and you, you were taught not to lie and um but you know so i was a little naive i'm still you know i'm not as naive well, by any stretch of the not. imagination but there yeah. are things I'm still uh, naive about, I think, you know. Sure, the world has a way of uh, jerking those illusions out of your head. <laughs> right. <laughs> as right. far as uh, and, yeah, thinking that everybody is, you know, uh, telling you the truth or, or being a straight shooter with you. But, you know, you have to, unfortunately, get your nose busted a few times, metaphorically speaking, uh, in order to kind of realize, yeah, not everybody is going to be honest with you out there, unfortunately. 
right? Things aren't always going to be easy or the yeah. way they should be or anything. You know, it's funny, mm-hmm. too, because I was I was thinking, um, you know, when I was a teenager, I was real. you know, I was into new wave and punk. I was really cynical. I was negative about everything. You know, I was just a you know, I'm sure people I, w- I wouldn't want to be around that kid, uh. you know, and I was si- I was sad a lot, you know, melancholy, mm. you know mm-hmm. how teenagers are. And, you know, uh, even to this day, teenagers get melancholy and they get sad for no reason. Well, other than they're teenagers. Yeah, I think that's reason enough, you know, because well, I think I think, you know, they're, they're getting to that point where you know they're they're almost ready to get out on their own and it's you know their hormones and and things in their their mind that are going on their whole life is ahead of them they just can't wait for it to start and, but it's being held back because you know they they're still in school or or this and that and they're you know they're not self-sufficient yet and so it's it can be very frustrating i'm sure well and i think the other thing is it's that time in life where up until up until you're around 10 or 11 and and maybe it's a little younger now but Mm -hmm. you know up until the time that time your parents take care of you you don't really have to do anything Mm -hmm. santa brings you presents and the easter bunny (laughs) brings you chocolate the world is uh i mean unless you're having a horrible childhood you know which of course happens to kids but i mean if you're if you're the typical middle class kid Mm -hmm. things have been pretty good up until that point and then you kind of get out in the real world and you realize that People are shitty to each other. Yeah. People lie. Mm-hmm. Other teenagers are going to judge you based on what clothes you have and yeah. how much money you have. And you realize the world isn't the bowl of cherries that it's been for fucking 12 years. Right. And it's depressing and it makes you yeah. sad. And huh. I, you know, and I, so I'm just like, well, no wonder teenagers are so sad all the time and so despondent. You yeah. know, you've lived in a dream. Most kids. You know, again, not all. A lot of kids have just, and I was one of them, just kind of lived in a dream world where everything was peachy keen <laughs> right. until I really got out in the real world and started seeing it for what it really was. And, and you know, yeah. and then, uh, you know, so. That's interesting. I, I, it just, mm-hmm. it, it bugs me when people are like, oh, teen, if, this, if a teenager is unhappy or sad or melancholy, you know, or, or into, like when they're into goth and all that stuff or whatever, that people get all, you know, parents get all upset and concerned about that stuff um, when it's it's just natural childhood. That's just natural teenage it is. stuff. It is. You know, uh, and I think parents realize that more now than they did before. But it's still I know sometimes people parents still get concerned and and I understand it's your kid and stuff. But that kid will be fine, man. He's just mm-hmm. going through something. Well, <laughs> if true. you need your help with it, he'll let you know. <laughs> right. I think. Most kids will grow out of it or get over it or whatever, but sometimes their own high schools can be jungles towards them. Can well, be difficult. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And matter of fact, there's I think a, it's there's a TV show when we get into TV uh, later that uh, deals with those issues that uh, Sierra turned me on to. It's called uh, 13 Reasons Why, but we'll talk about that later. Well, that's on mm-hmm. my list, too. So is it really? Excellent. I, okay. It is. Uh, well, I don't you know go. if you'll think that after we talk, but okay. Okay. Um, but, Fair enough. But I think, 
I think what pisses me off most or what what bothers me most is it's when a teenager's going through that and someone thinks they're on drugs. They're you know, their chances are they're not on drugs no. or they need they need drugs. You know, oh. no, they don't need drugs. They right. don't need happy pills. That's they so need to funny. just go through what they're going through. Yeah. Isn't that an interesting um, dichotomy? It's like, <laughs> hey, right. he's on unacceptable drugs or yeah he needs to be on these acceptable drugs or supposedly acceptable well, drugs you know yeah. <laughs> you know so-called socially acceptable or you know whatever. right yeah mm-hmm. pharmaceuticals prescribed drugs yeah exactly doctor recommended yeah <laughs> exactly so, i don't know we really slid down a slippery slope here i don't even know how we got here man but I, anyway i don't know wow <laughs> Maybe we should just um, maybe we should just jump into the people who died. We okay. But oh, wait, before we do that though, I had one other thing I wanted to mention. Okay. But did you have something you wanted to say? Well, I was going to talk about a text message that I got from my brother today, but you know that that'll keep. That can be part of the TV oh, well, section also. Oh, okay. Well, the only thing I really wanted to mention before we really got too deep in the show was that we're on um, Twitter now. Oh we're yeah. We're on Facebook and Twitter. So mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook, we're at a slippery slope with spaces in between the words, ah. and um, on Twitter, we're on we are at Slope Podcast. Yes. S-L-O-P-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at Slope Podcast for uh, Slippery Slope on Twitter. So please follow us on Twitter and we'll update what the when the episodes are up and what they're about and comment on other things as well and retweet some people. I've been retweeting um, a couple people this week. So And do we have a link to our website with every tweet? Well, I guess that eats up a lot of characters. We can't. It's kind of hard to do. No, actually, when you tweet something and and you put a link, it doesn't it doesn't make you use all the characters. It only oh, uses okay a small amount of them, right? And so, yes, I've been able to include a link in most of the tweets, uh, especially when I'm talking about the podcast being up or something we talked about That's in great. the podcast that I'm kind of promoting. So, yeah. It's exciting yeah. to be on Twitter. I can't. I'm not canceled. Well, I don't know what the word is. I stopped using my personal Twitter because I just got into too many Twitter wars with oh, idiots really? on, mm. you know, yeah, okay. Trump tarts and those kinds of people. And yeah, so that happens. I was, so <laughs> so it, I finally broke down and said, okay, let's do one for the podcast because if I do it for the podcast, I'm going to be nicer and not get into flame wars with people. Well, uh, but, but even then that could happen you know, as well. So, you know. Right. Just got to well, take it as I'm it less comes. Likely to, I'm less likely to respond in one of my outrageous ways if I'm representing the show than I am if I'm representing myself. <laughs> okay, good point. Yeah, well, all right. Yeah. I hear you. you uh, know, so, yeah. Yeah, I will I will inform our listeners that, Lodger, you, you were the one who created the Twitter account, so thank you for that. I think it's it's good. It uh, expands our presence out there, and will direct more people to our podcast. So there's nothing bad about it. It's all good. I, I like Twitter. I really like the immediacy and the simplicity of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so like using our podcast Twitter, I'm following people like Tyler Oakley and Troy Savon and um, yeah. some of the TV shows that we talk about. I'm following on there. Uh, oh, Chris good. Hardwick, I follow on there. Um, of course. So uh, a lot of celebrities and people like Tyler and Troy, they kind of communicate by Twitter. They don't yeah. really post a lot of stuff on their Facebook pages. It's, you know, well, and, and I, I kind of yes that. Right. Facebook has become a, a vast wasteland and uh, it just 
becoming horrifying. So, uh, yeah, sometimes you got to leap to a different social media site to try to uh, cleanse your palate a little bit. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I just think, too, you know, like Tyler will tw- Twitter where he is by saying whatever the name of the city is. Like if he was on Austin, he would say, Austin, I am in you. Uh, so so you can kind of keep up. With, it's mm-hmm. just a real simple tweet where yeah. you're like, oh, you know, Tyler's in L.A. right now or Tyler's here right now. I talk about him like mm-hmm. he's my best friend. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of a neat. It's a very neat and simplistic way to communicate you know quick ideas to people sure and um and and there's some there's some benefit to that facebook you know sometimes people post things that are interesting but it's a a a link to an article in the new york times or something you're like i don't have an hour to read an article in the new york times right now (laughs) yeah or well and also there's so much clickbait out there you know it's something that seems interesting you click on it and then you can't even read what the article says because you know there's so many pop-up ads that are occurring while you're trying to or that you know there's there's like you got to push the next button 20 times to see the next thing or or, or the next right. page so that's kind of maddening sometimes so oh yeah, yeah. So you'll see i'll see something really interesting like uh you know and it's always some an, a list you know but i'm a list guy but it'll right. be like 20 tv shows that ended with weird endings or whatever you know and then you'll pull up the first one and in order to to see what it's talking about on the first one you got to click four times to get through it then it's another it's like i'm gonna have to click 80 times to get through 20 of these mm-hmm. it's not gonna happen <laughs> i'm yeah. closing that window right now well that's so. <laughs> true exactly so our twitter at, is at, uh at slope podcast yes excellent all right cool all right man so um well let's shall we do the people who've died yes let's do the people who died cue music okay mm-hmm <laughs> this this week, man. This week, no one really, no one with a really, you know, no one with a really well-known household name died. There hang, were a, there were a few hang on there. people, but hang oh, on. somebody died today that I don't know about. Yes, just in Sierra clued me in uh, not less than an hour ago. Aaron Moran died today. Aaron. Cha- uh, Joni? She was Joni on Happy Days, and Joni loves Chachi. Sh- yeah. She's not that old. What happened to her? I don't know. I I have no information on it other than that she had died, which is weird. I guess I could pull something up. I yeah. I mean, it just well, you know, so recent. I say she's not that old. She's old. She's probably in her sixties. That's not that old, but well, is she's she? older. You know. Yeah, maybe. Well, the Happy Days was like 75, and she was she's probably born in 60, so, well, maybe not. Maybe she's late 50s. It says she was 56. Does it say why she died? How she died? Uh, I'm looking. Um, and uh, here we go. CNN. So, yeah, kind of crazy. Someone that young. Of course, in recent years, she she hadn't been looking very great. Maybe she was fighting something and just, you know, wasn't very well known. I, yeah, I know she had money problems, but a lot of young stars do. I don't know if she had drug problems. I can't remember if that was ever a thing, but something tells me that maybe it was. And, um, yeah, okay. she had looked pretty bad at times. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because she was a recovering drug addict. But, you know, right. I say that and I don't know that. 
store, and I shouldn't say that. Okay, well, CNN says uh, authorities in Indiana found her body Saturday afternoon after getting a 911 call at uh, 4.07 p.m. for an unresponsive female, the Harrison County Sheriff's Department said. Upon arrival, it was determined that the female was Erin Marie Moran Fleischman. First responders determined that she was deceased and an autopsy is pending. So hmm. nobody nobody well, knows right now. So wow, yeah, well, it's uh, yes, sad. And, yeah, another it's part of my childhood thing. gone. I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah, not. That's funny. I <laughs> yeah, it's not about me, but you know, sad, sad no, for her and her family. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, that that is. That is honestly probably the most well-known person who's died since the last time we recorded an episode. That's right. That's crazy, and that and that's happening right as we're recording this episode. Um, yep, it happened so, today. Mm-hmm. So wow! By the time this airs, of course, people will know a lot about what happened. But at well, this point, true. we're in the dark. So yeah, but um, you you've heard it here first. Uh, a week late. I heard it here first. I heard it here first. <laughs> right. So there you go. Yes, there I it is. Didn't get, sometimes I get on and look and see if there's any news right before we record, and I just didn't tonight because I don't know. I don't know if it's at the beginning of the show or not, but I was watching the Spurs game. So. Well, yeah, <laughs> you have a legitimate so, reason. Um, mm-hmm. Right. So I, uh, I'm glad that uh, you got a breaking news uh, bulletin from Sierra. <laughs> well, that's true. Up until that point, up until just a few seconds ago, the only person that I thought was a was a really that to me the most important of all the kind of semi well known people that had passed away over the last week or so, mm-hmm. um, there was a lady named uh, that's funny, Aaron Moran. This lady's name was Emma Morano. And hmm. she was 117 years old and wow. the oldest person alive when she died. And she was the last living person who was born in the 1800s. Uh, so there's nobody yeah. left alive on the planet who was born before 1900. Wow. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it, but but yeah. not that crazy. You right. know, just kind of one of those things where, wow, that's kind of like an end of an era kind of a thing. So, Well, that's true. Of course, you never know. There could be someone living in a remote area who might still be around. Who knows? Right, right. I guess, yeah, I, I think when they word it, they always say the last known person right. born so, in the 1800s. Yeah. So, so the story remains yeah. true because it is the last known person, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always yeah, there's always you never know what what cuz there are some really what you don't know. Yeah, there's some really really old people in uh Japan and some of them may still be living in some remote area or side island on Okinawa or something. But Right, uh, but, right. Uh, but as far as we know, yeah, that's that's not the case. Right, and and who knows too how many yeah, even in the 1800s not everything was accurately recorded. So Well, that's the last known recorded person born right. in the 1800s. Yep, exactly. Um was she a, an American? I believe she was Italian, but I could oh. be mistaken. She okay. wasn't American, I know that. I believe mm. she lived in a European country and I want to say Italy, but okay. I'm not 100% sure on that, so Sure. Um, wow. The only other person that was kind of someone that I knew their name was mm-hmm. Cuba Gooding Sr. And I only know that name. Right. Because, <laughs> because of his Cuba son. Cuba Gooding Jr., of course. Right. Yeah. yeah. I 
I am sure I have heard somewhere in the past that his father was a musician that was uh, in a band. But if I have heard that in the past, I didn't remember that. So um, he was in a band called The Main Ingredient, and he actually wrote a song that was a hit song for someone else. And I can't remember what that song was by Hmm. any means. But okay, um, did you see a have you seen a picture of him? He I mean, his son is a spitting image of him. They they look very much alike. Yes, yeah. If yes. you saw them together and they were just two guys walking down the street, you'd be like, "That's a dad and son." Right. <laughs> they look exactly. almost exactly alike. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I did notice that. That was interesting because mm-hmm. I I don't think I've ever, I, you know, it's just one of those things where you hear a lot of stuff. So uh, I'm sure I heard that his dad was had his own amount of fame, but I didn't remember that at all. Right. Anyone else on your list? So yeah, quite a, quite a few people. Um, a guy named Alan Holdsworth. He was in a, a band called Soft Machine, uh, which I've hmm. heard of, but I know nothing about. He was in a, a prog rock band in the, I believe, in the eighties, maybe the seventies. Oh. Well, it was the late seventies, called UK. Okay. And he played with Bill Bruford some. So um, I'm familiar with those bands, but I, I had not heard of Alan Holdsworth in particular, but he was the, I believe, um, the guitarist for those bands. Okay. Yeah. Or one of the guitarists for those bands. Mm. And then there's an actor named Clifton James who was in uh, Live and Let Die and Eight Men Out and Cool Hand Luke. Again, uh, don't Clifton recognize that James. name, but I've seen those movies. Yeah, I believe he was more of a character actor and had really small roles in those movies. But Okay. Um, I'm curious. Because um, those, those are some big name movies. I'd, yeah, I'd be curious to see if I would yeah. be like, oh, yeah, I recognize that face. You've done that before, you right? Know, the so-called uh, oh yeah, him actors. You know, you're watching a movie, right? And you're uh, going, hey, oh, that, it's oh, him. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh my God! Yes, he always yeah yeah in Live and Let Die he played the backwards you know country sheriff in that one. Ah okay yeah. okay oh okay yeah and and Cool Hand Luke I don't did he play a prison guard or. Or an inmate, I, I can't remember. But uh, yes, I can't remember either. Yeah, it's funny. Internet movie da- yeah. databases: blustery, stocky, loud, although often genial character actor who has created a niche for himself, playing often frustrated and fast-talking Southern characters. Most notable, interesting. Most noticeably, is Sheriff J. W. Pepper alongside Roger Moore in James Bond Adventure Live and Let Die. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm glad you brought hmm. that up cuz yeah, I as far as I knew, I thought he was dead already, but uh, I guess not. Cuz he was pretty old. He was born in 1920, so he was damn near he was 97 or something. Yeah, 96, I think. Yeah. Yeah, pushing 100, so what do you know yeah. about that? Damn. Yeah. And hmm. then there was a guy named um, Paul Giganti who was in in I don't know how many episodes of a show called Hell's Kitchen, which I never watch. But uh, hmm. he was a younger guy in his 30s. I think he died of a drug overdose. Um, oh, huh. Paul so, Giganti. Yeah, Paul Giganti or Giganti, but I think probably Giganti. Oh, okay. And then, man, did you hear this story about the? NFL player that hit his kid with the truck? No. Uh, uh, that was la- I think that was last weekend on last 
he's an ex NFL player. I don't, he wasn't, it wasn't a name I recognized, but it was just like one of those things where it's like so heartbreaking. H- had five kids. His youngest was a three year old girl, and he was backing his truck up in the, his driveway. And I guess he didn't know she was behind the truck, and he hit her and killed her. Oh. I was just like, Jesus, that's got to be so hard to, you know, gee, how, how do you go on with life when something like that happens to you? Right. That's you know? got to be difficult. <laughs> Oh, also, wasn't there another um, uh, famous football player that uh, recently killed himself in prison? Oh, yeah, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, yeah, yeah he had been he had been convicted of murder. Right. And um, yeah, and I don't then, know that whole story, but I I heard that news. Right. He had been c- convicted of one murder and then was on trial for two more murders, but was recently acquitted of those other two murders and so just like a few days after being acquitted of those other two murders committed suicide so that's yeah it's a a weird and and tragic story right yeah don't know what that you know you wonder what that's about like did did, was there someone in prison who was like i'm gonna get you motherfucker and then like screw it i'll hang myself i'm gonna die anyway yeah yeah i don't know yeah i think uh i mean there's probably a lot more to that story that will come out over time it's just that we don't we don't know all of the all of the story just yet it's still early i guess uh, yeah yeah um, and also this week, Bill O'Reilly's career. Yay! <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> or, uh, I have no, I have no doubt he'll come back. But yeah, I'm, at least his career on Fox News is dead. But uh, dead, yeah, yeah, we may not know where he will resurface. You know, could go the way of of Glenn Beck and become you know present online. So we'll right, see. that's what one assumed. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. because I think I heard somewhere uh, that there may be some clause in his contract that he can't work for another network for X amount of years. Or, um, uh, so well, considering which would lead one. Yeah, considering that they gave him $25 million to leave, he could probably wait a long, long time before uh, rearing his ugly head again. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be great if he just took the money and, and ran by Bill and we never heard from him again? I mean, he's like— That'd um, be great. But I doubt it. His you ego, know, his ego is way too big. Oh, out of control. Yeah. And um, he, yeah, I mean, he's the, you know, of course, Rupert Murdoch is the real wizard pulling the strings on Fox News. But he's True. certainly one of their most high profile Fox News guys. So liars. Right. And, um, hey, yeah. <laughs> and and so, make, make I sure mean, that you, know, you put put news in quotes. Right. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I blame Fox News for where we are in the world today in America. They are the the prime source of all the ridiculousness that happens in this country now. Um, There's there's certainly a my opinion, a major my opinion. They're a major source of uh, misinformation in this country. That's certainly true. I mean, when a I, I agree. Right. When a news station like that is the most watched cable news in the country, that's that's a really disturbing reality. That's a country that ain't going to make it, man. That's really what it is. Well, <laughs> we're either not going to make it or somehow we're going to come out of this uh, stronger than before. So that chapter in the history books hasn't been written yet. So we shall see. My money's on the former, but OK. <laughs> um <laughs> 
Well, you know, we did have, uh, you know, the Dark Ages before the Enlightenment, so maybe maybe we're going through our own little Dark Ages right now, and and uh, we'll have our uh, Enlightenment soon. It, maybe maybe uh, not soon. You know, maybe it could be decades maybe from now. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't foresee it happening anytime soon. That's for sure. Not in my lifetime. But a lot of things have happened in my lifetime that I didn't foresee. So you never know. Well, exactly. So uh, that's yeah. our people who've died segment. Cue music. Yes. Great. Hey, um. So I, I have I have about three or four other things that I just want to talk about real briefly before we before we do other things. <laughs> um, do you no. have something you wanted to get into before I get into some things? Hopefully, I won't take too much time with these. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, let's. let's okay. Let's see what do you got. Well, I watched. Um, I watched Saturday Night Live last week, and um, Harry Styles was the musical guest, and Jimmy Fallon was the host. Uh-huh. Harry Styles did some some uh, uh, different things. You know, he did played some characters in some segments, and then he sang two songs. And I'm just excited about Harry Styles. <laughs> I'm just excited about his album coming out. <laughs> I think I think his new song is amazing. Okay. Sign of the Times. I just think that's a fa- fantastic song. Uh, he performed it on Saturday Night Live, and it was really good. And then I saw a clip online where he performed it on the Graham Norton show that was even better. Uh, it's just one of those songs that the more, you know, the first time I heard it, I thought that's a real interesting choice for the first song to be released off the album because it's it's a ballad and it's kind of different. Hmm. Um, but it's just one of those ones that the more you hear it, the more it's kind of like Bowie's uh, Where Are We Now, you know, when Bowie he came back uh, a couple of years ago and did um, the Next Day album. Mm-hmm. The first thing he put out was the single Where Are We Now? And it was a ballad and it was kind of slow and it wasn't it didn't say it just didn't immediately go hit single. And um, can you sing it for your bars? Kind of the same, where are we now? Where are we now? The moment, you know, you know, you know. OK. Very good. That song? All right. The Bowie song? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't the obvious choice for the first song off of an album, Mm -hmm. um, for the first single. And I realize sometimes they put out a single that they don't think is the biggest hit potential single on the record because they're saving that to build more excitement later. Yeah. But um, the Harry Styles song has just grown on me. Mm. Now I just love hearing it. I love it. I, I pre-ordered the album on Amazon and I can't wait to wow. to hear the whole album. So, you know, I realize he's an attractive young man and that's certainly a nice thing, but <laughs> I, I I think he's a cool guy too. I read there's an article on Rolling Stone. Uh, Cameron Crowe, you know, who directed Almost Famous and and wrote um, uh, the '80s movie with Jeff Spicoli in it. Um, what's that movie called? It's out of my Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Right. Um, Cameron Crowe interviewed Harry Styles and wrote an article for Rolling Stone that's that's out. And I don't know how Rolling Stone makes money because they published the whole article online. So I read it online and it was really interesting. I think, you know, I mean, for a guy who's been put at the top of the world, he, he could be a real jerk. And I just don't think he's a jerk and I don't think he's conceited or you know, he's not goofy or full of himself. I think he's an interesting guy. The article was really interesting. 
Hmm. So, and his, his smile will just melt your heart. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm excited. So I will let you know what I think of the new Harry Styles album. Once I get it in a couple of weeks here, it comes out mid May. And, um, so I'm cool. I'm, I'm waiting patiently and being cool All trying right. to get well, there. We will look okay. forward to your review. Cool. All right. Cool. Um, okay. Here's here's you know last week our big question was is "Break My Stride" by Matthew Wilder a new wave song, right? Right. Here's my big question this week. Mm-hmm. Iggy Pop just turned seventy the, yesterday, I think, when we're recording this on, on Saturday. Yeah, I remember um, reading that. Yes. You, yeah. You think it's time he puts his shirt back on? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, you know, you know what I think it is. I think if it's part of a marketing campaign, he's about to come out with his own brand of jerky, and uh, so. Oh, oh, oh! That's horrible. Oh, that's mean. Oh, Browner went there. Oh, Browner, uh, shit on Iggy Pop. Oh my uh, God. No, uh. just kind of uh, doing a visual reference to his his somewhat leathery looking skin. Uh, Believe me, it's a little leathery looking. I, I think he's still a wonderful musician, and uh, I still have his recent performance on Austin City Limits on my DVR, and I, I don't plan to erase it anytime oh, soon. Yeah. Because I actually, I want you to come over here so we can watch it together. It's that good. Oh, I've seen it. I saw it when it was on. Oh, on. okay. Yeah, that's it's right. Great. That's right. Yeah. It's fantastic. Mm hmm. I had had it recorded on my DVR and didn't watch it until election night because uh, i was like man I, I can't i can't watch the damn news i can't watch the news so i said let's i'm just gonna watch this iggy pop uh, on austin city limits instead and uh, <laughs> uh oh well maybe it helped soften the blow yeah. for me i don't know uh, uh, maybe so it's <laughs> certainly got to make you ready to go out there and take on all the idiots in the world when, when you get pumped up by some iggy music yeah um i thought his last album uh, i think it's called post pop depression um was really great you know it was it was he played with some musicians i think one of them was uh, you know i'm not up with some of these newer bands that are that are hard rock um Mm -hmm. i think one of the guys is in queens of the stone age maybe i don't know yeah and um but it, I just thought it was a great record. I'm like, man, this is Iggy's getting up there, and he still mm-hmm. just rocks it out. And um, yes, um, I, I don't think he has to put his shirt back on. I'm totally cool with shirtless <laughs> Iggy until the day he dies. I'm, yeah. I think you know that's his shtick. I mean, certainly that's his shtick. But right, you know, he doesn't look for a guy who's seventy. He he doesn't look that bad shirtless. No, in my opinion, he looks all right. Yeah, he's he, you know he stays fit. So, you know, let him take his damn shirt off. And uh, Hells yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's really, it's him saying, here, this is me. With all, you know, with all my warts and scars, this this is me. This is this is Iggy Pop. This is James Osterhaus or whatever his real name is. Osterberg. Uh, yes. Osterberger? Osterberg. Osterberg. Yes. And... Uh, James Osterberg. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think he's just he's just laying it all out there for you. This is who I am. Accept me or not. Well, and so. I think that's part of the not wearing a shirt at 69, 70 years old is, mm-hmm. you know, it's that I, I just don't give a fuck what you think of me attitude. I'm right. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying myself. This is me, mm-hmm. you know, with, with no... Um, what do you call it when someone puts on extra things with no <laughs> embellishments? <laughs> this is 
em- embellishments. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was like admonishments. That's not it. No. Um, this is me with. This is me with no embellishments. This is just who I am. Take it or leave it. And, um, you know, and and his music is like that. It's very stripped down, simple rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Um, I've I've always been a – well, I shouldn't say I've always been a big fan. I've been a big fan for quite a while. Sure. Um, And and, uh, I I hope he keeps going. I think it's amazing what he does. Absolutely. He's one one of our remaining touchstones to Bowie, too. That too, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I um, I just don't care what he does next. I'm interested. Right. I I'm, I I want to see what it is. I want to hear what it is. Uh, you know, and yeah, I it would that always seems like a missed opportunity. I guess it would have been great if they did something together again in the last few years, but stuff is what it is. So yeah. So Wednesday. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, Sierra had, uh, well, actually, prior to Wednesday, she had purchased tickets for us to go see something at the Paramount. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a live performance of the people who do the podcast called My Favorite Murder. And it is a podcast of two women, Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And uh, they are two lifelong fans of true crime stories. Each episode of their podcast, the girls tell each other their favorite tales of murder and hear hometown crime stories from friends and fans. And so basically that's what we were treated to uh, at the Paramount, except it was live. I couldn't believe what kind of a following this podcast has. It seems every major city that they go to, they play to a packed house of mostly young fans, but some older fans, obviously. I mean, I saw some people who were probably in their 60s and 70s, but it was probably mostly people in their 20s, 30s, maybe 40s. But uh, it's entertaining. They talk about true crime and, you know, recount true crimes, but they put a humorous spin on it, but not in a a bad way. I mean, they, they try to separate their humor from the actual crimes themselves. And, uh, and it seems like whenever they do their live shows, they try to take true crime stories from the particular town that they're performing in. And uh, in this case, they did uh, one of them was the yogurt shop murders. If you remember hearing about those here that happened in Austin in in the early 90s. See, one girl will tell one true crime story and the other girl will tell a different true crime story. Well, this was Georgia Hardstark. She did the yogurt shop murders and I was going, ooh, man, I don't know if you want to be talking about the yogurt shop murders here in Austin. It's like, it's too soon. But then I was like, wait a minute. That was, you know, 25 years ago. Yeah, maybe it isn't too soon, but... They usually start off their stories in a humorous vein, but not in regard to the murder itself. They they they're very serious when they talk about the actual murders, and I'm, and they were definitely treading a very fine line here. But uh, going through, you know, talking about the entire case and you know who was arrested and and then how the accused murders were released and then they were saying well it was probably a different serial killer who actually did the murders who was executed for a different crime that happened in Austin probably just shortly after maybe just a year or so after the the yogurt shop murders somebody was two guys were caught for murdering some woman who was washing her car uh, in Austin right around that same time period so 
it was awkward at first, but then I was like, oh, okay. Well, they she told the story well, and so it's interesting. And and then the other story was told by the Karen Kilgariff, and she talked about a serial axe murder here in Austin during the 1800s who uh, break into houses, and he would either you know kill a husband and then drag the woman out into the backyard and rape her and murder her. Hor- horrible stuff. And then there was some tie to that that somehow maybe some evidence that at some period of time this person moved to England and and some people even think that that that's who Jack the Ripper was so there's an Austin connection to the London Jack the Ripper murders it was a it was an interesting night of um talk of murder but uh, they usually st- <laughs> they start the show off just you know talking about their own lives and they're humorous and and funny and interesting and so they they start off really lighthearted but then they you know they get into these murder stories and and they infuse some humor into that so they really do tread a fine line and never never try to make light or fun of the actual stories Hmm. The the motto of their show is stay sexy, don't get murdered. <laughs> that's that's horrible. That's that just negates everything you said about them. <laughs> well, it's kind of like I guess you can either be totally horrified about crimes that happen or you can realize that they're out there and and try to avoid murdering people or or getting murdered or whatever. <laughs> well, I don't know. Here, here's uh, here's my. I mean, I know people love true crime. In uh-huh. fact, my mom, who is one of the nicest people you could ever meet in the world, uh-huh. is fascinated by it. Yeah. Um. I I just I, although there are some you know anything can be interesting and fascinating. I was thinking of like the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. The Zodiac killer is really an interesting and fascinating thing. Yeah. I watched the movie. I've watched a couple documentaries. Uh, you know, it's just really interesting. But overall, I just find true crime kind of dull and worse. It, it's the same thing. It's the same way I feel about the TV show Cops. Cops should not be the stars of a TV show, and yeah. murderers should not be the stars of a podcast or a TV show. Right. Um, well, I, there, there's a point. There's a point where you yeah. go from talking about it to celebrating it, and that, and like you say, that is a fine line, and it's right. too easy to cross that line. Well, I I think this podcast, if it were hosted by men, I don't think it would work at all. It seems like because it's uh, women who are hosting it and a lot of the true crime stories that they relay, women are typically the victims of these murders. So maybe that from that perspective, they they have a little more leeway discussing it without it becoming uh, ghoulish, so to speak. Right. So, yeah, so I, I, I yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not a big fan of true crime, but it was an entertaining evening because they their show is almost like on some level a cautionary tale. That's why, you know, it's the stay sexy, don't get murdered thing. I think it's right. almost a uh, maybe a cautionary tale type show without trying to be too serious, trying to say, you know, here's the reality of the world and our society, but, you know, don't let it consume you and ruin your life. Try to maintain your sense of humor and positive attitude, but just realize that the world outside isn't always that pretty. Right. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, 
I, wor- I worry sometimes about people who are fascinated with those kinds of things mm-hmm. uh, when it becomes more than when it becomes an obsession. And, yeah. um, you know, I think it's it's just easy to, you know, like I say, my mom, true crime fan, fascinated by that stuff. She right. would talk your ear off about Ted Bundy and different people oh, if you yeah. bring it up. Yeah. Uh, you know, knows a lot, has read a lot of books. Um, it's just like she was fascinated by Nazis and and the propaganda and how they mm-hmm. how they convinced people to do to do what they did um, yeah. with their propaganda. And to me, it's just like, uh, you know, it's kind of morbid. <laughs> it's a little, you know, the the, the Nazi propaganda stuff is a little more. Y- you can use that as a cautionary tale a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes serial killers get celebrated in the way that um, celebrities do. And uh-huh. they become they become celebrities and household names and and that's just slightly disgusting in my opinion no i, I, know, I yeah i agree with that that sentiment exactly and uh, i don't think at least this the my favorite murder girls i don't think they glorify the criminals and a lot of times they try to show the, the you know the human side of, of the victims and that they were real people and you know, with real lives, and and unfortunately, they were they were cut short. But right. you know, not that I'm I, w- I really want to defend <laughs> what they're doing, but uh, well, I, I you know I think I haven't heard it either, so I yeah. shouldn't be too critical of it because I'm I'm not familiar. I'm yeah. I'm basing I'm judging it without really knowing it. So true, but generally, I think you're probably right in your assessment saying that true crime stories can be exploitive. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But if done in the right um, way, it can be informative without being morbid. Right. Yeah. So. Right. And I, well, I mean, I just, it, it's the same thing. Like I say, it's the same th- way I feel about the TV show Cops. Cops should not be TV show stars. There, there's, it's too easy for that to become corrupted and, and wrong. You right. Know, when, when cops start, and you can say all you want that it's just cops doing their jobs, when mm. the TV camera's on you, you change. I don't care who you are, you become a different person. Oh, of course. And, and maybe better. Maybe some people become better. They're more cautious about what they say. They're they're more you know thoughtful about what they say. But other mm-hmm. times it it makes you think that you have to do something or act a certain way. Um, True. And I, my main problem with shows like Cops is that they mostly just show crime that happens on the streets with people of lower economic circumstances. And so it gives the false impression that you've got just minorities are, are committing all of the crimes where, you know, right. all of the uh, the other crimes that are not as, say, publicly visible are just completely forgotten about. And so I, I think it kind of stacks the deck and actually can almost create a, a racist environment for people to think, you know, well, all black people are criminals or something like that. And I think that's that's well, a that that's a bad narrative to be forwarding. Right, right. And you know, it it's just like the the thing I worry about with the 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 uh, true crime stuff is it, it plants that seed of oh, if I 
do a crime, I will get attention, you know, oh. and, well. and cops can kind of cops can kind of plant that seed, too, because they certainly don't show you the boring arrests where they go and arrest some guy and he goes along with them and they put him in handcuffs and he just goes. You right. don't see that happen on cops. It's always the one that's mm-hmm. dumb or or on drugs or, you know, right. something where they say and do weird stuff that makes it interesting. Otherwise, there's no show. Yeah. Good point. So. I had a um I had a couple of other things I wanted to uh, talk about. Mm, okay. And one just uh, these these are under my LGBTQ heading. Um, okay. One was the the girl who plays Barb on Stranger Things, and of course we see her in Riverdale as Ethel Muggs as well. Right. Uh, her name is Sh- Shannon Purser. She came out as bisexual this week. Oh. Um. Although apparently it happened because people online were discussing. Do you remember? It's been three or four episodes ago mm-hmm. where um, uh, Veronica and Betty kissed, and I, I think it may be. I don't remember when it happened or or what it was. Why that happened? They were trying out for the. They're trying out for the cheerleading team, and it was uh, Cheryl Bloom had said something. Uh, impress me or show me something. Right. risque or whatever and so they did that right and then, and then cheryl says oh that's so 90s <laughs> do you remember right okay and, yeah now i remember yes yes mm-hmm. and there was some some online backlash about that being a thing where they, they they call it um i think they call it gay baiting where they were wanting you know doing that for attention and and to mm-hmm. to maybe get uh, gay people interested in the show, you know. Oh, it's going to be a show where Veronica mm-hmm. and Betty kiss. It's a form um, and of so anyway. It's a form of appropriation, right? And so they got she got. I guess there was discussions online about how that was, you know, maybe maybe exploitative, exploitive or or whatever. And Shannon Purser got involved in some of those discussions, and then eventually oh. said, you know, while we're t- while we're talking about this, I want you to know I'm coming from a place where I'm a bisexual person, so I'm not coming from this, uh, coming to this as someone who is is straight, mm-hmm. or you know, um, and so. You know, there are people who think that she felt kind of forced to do that. I don't really think she felt forced to do that. I think she wanted to to uh, clarify her position and where and what point of view she's coming from. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily that she just made a a decision to come out, although she did. It wasn't one where she just decided for no. It was. I'm I'm just going to do this now. There. It was. It was in context propelled by that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then I think you've probably heard this week a lot of uh, discussion about the the. I don't watch Survivor. I've always thought Survivor was a shitty show, um, but apparently yes. some guy on Survivor outed one of the other guys on Survivor as a transgendered person. Yes, that was and a then, big story for a and, while. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and and then uh, the guy who outed the transgendered person got fired from his real estate job because oh. he, because he did that on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just one of those things where, I, you know, 
I have mixed feelings about it because it was recorded months ago. They could have taken it out. If the guy who was transgender didn't want anyone to know, uh, he could have a- asked them to take it out, and they probably would have. But And his reason for not coming out was, well, I just want people to think of me as a good game player. I don't want that to color their perception of who I am. And I, I just thought yeah. that was kind of a bullshit reason. Well, I, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, come well, on. You know. In, any chance that a reality show can exploit someone, uh, they will, whether they say they are doing that or not. I mean, it, it's still exploitation. Right. It's ratings. It's all to get ratings. Of yeah. course. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, uh, there's, you know, in the gay community or the LGBTQ community, mm. there's this idea that we shouldn't out people and that people should be able to come out in their own time and when they're ready and when they want to. And I certainly believe that and agree with it. Sure. However, okay, if you're going to be on a national TV show, uh, which puts you in the spotlight, true, and you're not going to come out, then you really aren't helping anyone. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping anyone else. And and unless people come out of the closet in who are especially people who are uh, seen nationally Mm -hmm. uh, through entertainment and other things, then, you know, it's hard for me to respect someone who doesn't come out when they're a celebrity or, you know, on a reality show or doing a podcast or whatever. You know, if you're Mm -hmm. in the public in the public eye in some way and you don't come out. Uh, you you do a real disservice to other LGBTQIA people, and um, and and in my opinion, that's just wrong. As wrong as as someone else outing you, it's wrong for you to stay in the closet. In my opinion, that's yeah, my opinion. No, I, I I can see your point of view. I mean, if it was if this was just a private citizen who was just living their lives quietly, and somebody outed them, that's one thing. But yeah, making yourself extremely visible on a, you know, somewhat popular television show. I mean, yeah, maybe you've kind of taken away your right to privacy on some level. Right, right. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a real reason to be visible and come out. You you won't, you'll, you'll help yourself and other people in my opinion. Um, and I get it. I understand being afraid. I understand that you have, I certainly understand you have to do things in your own way, in your own time, Mm -hmm. but not everything is cut and dried and black and white. And that's a gray area. And to me, that gray area is, is you have a responsibility to the community to say something. Mm. Yeah. Just my my opinion. No, I, I, I definitely see your point of view. If anybody else has a different point of view, well, uh, email us, uh, <laughs> slope at ltvpod.com or, or uh, you know, post on our Facebook page at A Slippery Slope or Twitter us, tweet at us. Uh, what, <laughs> what's our Twitter address? At Slope Podcast, all one word. Yep. Well, at sign Slope Podcast. Mm-hmm. So there <laughs> you are. Yeah. We like feedback. Well, you know, stuff we've been talking about tonight, there's all kinds of tangential things going on that 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 have made me thought of other things I wanted to talk about. So um, uh, I know you mentioned talking about 13 Reasons Why. Yes. Earlier. So um, if you want to go down that slope, we can go down that slope. Do we want to uh, just transition into uh, TV? Sure. Sounds good to me. Cue okay. music.
<laughs> yeah, it's TV. Yeah, it's TV. It's TV. See, the music's fading out, and so I'm just... TV heaven. <laughs> yeah. Right. TV hey, heaven. Hey, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's so funny that you brought up 13 Reasons Why. Have you watched... I think there... Is there 10 episodes or 13? Uh, I would imagine I there, there should thir- be 13. I don't know. 13, yeah, because it's 13 Reasons, 13 people. Right. Of course, I guess. Of course, they're yeah. probably going to stretch it out further than that. I think every episode is like half a tape. Of course, well, it's, it's, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you, you tell me your thoughts, and then I'll tell you mine. Okay. Well, just for the benefit of our listeners, uh, 13 Reasons Why uh, follows teenager Clay Jensen in his quest to uncover the story behind his classmate and crush, Hannah, and her decision to end her life. Yeah. So... This teenage boy. Well, it's a lot more than that. Well, yeah. it's, it's a whole lot more than that, but that's that's like a thumbnail sketch of it. There's a girl who this guy had a crush on who kills herself, and then shortly afterwards, he receives a box full of cassette tapes, and they are cassette tapes from the girl who killed herself. And therein comes the title, 13 Reasons Why, 13 Reasons Why She Killed Herself. And uh, turns out he's not the only one who received these tapes. Matter of fact, all the people who she either blames or finds culpable in her committing suicide have received these tapes as well. So that's the that's kind of the overview. It's an interesting show. The premise. Yeah, yeah. That is well, the premise. you say uh, you you say. Um, <laughs> how much of it have you watched? Um, I think I'm three episodes in. So okay. yeah, I, ha- I haven't binged watched it or anything. But uh, I thought at least on some level you would appreciate all of the teenage boys that are in the show. <laughs> well, maybe I didn't see them all because I made it through one episode and I thought it was so horrible and ridiculous and trite and typical and dumb that I one episode was all I made it through. Okay, I, I hated every second of oh, it. I just okay. thought it was dumb. Well, per- I thought it was an adult male's idea of what teens are like. Well, you know, I think... On after only viewing one episode, I can see how you would feel that way because you know, in the first episode, we see how the girl is been wronged, so to speak. Her Hannah, the girl who killed herself, this is in flashback, or actually, the dead girl is narrating the show in a way because all the audio from the tapes that she distributed is kind of narrates, you know, what happened to lead her to what she did, and a lot of it. You know, I guess the first thing that started happening was she went out with one of the popular guys and he took a picture of her that looked kind of compromising, but it really wasn't. It was perfectly innocent. But then he starts forwarding this narrative that they had sex and that she was a slut and word got around, you know, the picture got passed around and everyone is most of the guys in the school are sexually harassing her, etc. And, uh, so that's probably the first episode, but you know it it goes deeper, you know, by episode two and episode three, and it's not just necessarily, you know, the so-called bad guys at the school. It's also just every other person who just is passive about it and not rising to to defend her. So right, it's interesting. Well, I-, I mean, and and look, and you you could also turn it around and think about teenage suicide this this 
show could have just as easily been about a gay teen boy who was harassed for who he was. You know what I'm saying? That would be interesting. <laughs> okay. That would be different and new, unique. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen the the storyline that a girl gets treated like she's a slut when she's completely innocent because someone passes right. around. I mean, Jesus, I just felt like I've seen this a thousand times and done better. And the thing that really pissed me off in the first episode okay. is – the thing with him trying to find a tape player to play it on first uh-huh. he gets his dad's boom box and then somehow he fucks it up. So he has to go steal his friend's Walkman, which right. is bullshit. Nobody goes and steal. He could just ask his friend, Hey, can I borrow your Walkman? I just, <laughs> it was just stupid and poorly written. And I was just like, I'm done with the show. It, it's not saying anything new or interesting. I, I have a hard time believing some girl who's going to kill herself would spend all that time recording 13 tapes, telling, people well, why she's doing it okay but, grant you know granted it's it, it maybe you know, it's the premise it's the you know it's, it's the jumping premise. off point it helps it's yeah. it's interesting in that it's telling the story in that way you know it's almost like its own little podcast don't get me wrong. When I saw the preview for it, I'm like, oh, man, I want to see this. And so uh, mm-hmm. when I went to Houston and visited my nephew, he has Netflix. And I w- and the first night I was there, we were just kind of chilling at the house. And I'm like, hey, can we watch the first episode of this and see what you think? And so we watched it and he fell asleep in the middle of it. And uh, mm. I just was like, eh, OK, it's uh, I just I just thought it was very hackneyed and and, okay. and done and well yeah that's, you, you, you know people online are loving it mm-hmm. and I'm well, just like no yeah <laughs> well one thing you have to consider it is based on a 2000 young adult novel by an author named Jay Asher so I mean it was yeah it was written for young teens just because and, something's yeah written for young teens doesn't mean it has to be completely typical. I mean, right. I just, I don't know. But I think, uh, I, you know. Before you judge completely off of one episode, maybe you ought to watch another one or two. And then whatever you say if about you can't, it, I'll, I'll, you know, I won't argue with you. I mean, if you can't hook me in one episode, man, then, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of my opinion. I guess I, you know, I, I did have not, I had zero desire to give it any more of my time mm-hmm. after I saw the first episode. <laughs> okay. I, th- okay. And then the. The thing where the where the kid he stole the his best friend who he steals the freaking um, Walkman from comes up and is like, yeah, I know what you're doing. I'm not on any of the tapes, but I know what you're doing. Uh, what? Who cares? What is just dumb? Well, it dumb. turns it it turns out. Well, it does turn out that the guy that he stole the uh, uh, Walkman from is kind of a confederate of the dead girl in the sense yeah, that he I'm was. At- conscripted to kind of be the uh, facilitator or overseer to make sure everyone gets the tapes and is is made aware of how they were complicit in this girl thinking that, you know, suicide was the only answer. He didn't stop her from killing herself, but he's going to deliver the tapes for her. What a great guy. Well, okay. Maybe... (laughs) The episodes I've seen, I, I don't know how he got involved in you know becoming the facilitator you know maybe he i don't think i don't think he knew that she was going to kill herself and then said okay yeah i'll I'll distribute the tapes i can't imagine that being the case but i don't know i've I've only seen three episodes so 
Whatever. Right. Uh, uh, I'm just. I, mean, I I earlier this week I was like I should get online and go on Wikipedia and read the synopsis of the other episodes because I'm like maybe. yeah where does this go but I'm right. I'm certainly not interested enough to watch more of them I'm I'm vaguely interested enough to get online and read the synopsis somewhere but okay. I just, yeah I there, I just think there's better things out there that do this, that do the same thing in okay. my opinion yeah well there are some new male characters that are introduced in uh, episode two or three that you might be interested in. So I'm just, I'm just <laughs> well, putting the other thing. I'm just the, putting that out there for you. <laughs> the, uh, the main character boy, I was like, he's, he's, you know, he's not unattractive. He's okay looking, but I was just like, yeah, even him doesn't make me want to watch another episode of this. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, I wasn't referring to him. There's another male character who becomes, who in flashback became friends with the, uh, the dead girl that you, yeah, I think you'd be particularly interested in. So, just okay. just just planting a seed there all right then <laughs> okay um but but so, any my bottom line is okay i found it interesting am i you know dying to see the next episode not really i mean i i will watch them but i i don't think it's you know a, a blockbuster in my book as far as something that i i just must you know, see the next episode, but uh, it is interesting, and and Sierra likes it, so uh, I'll probably so see what happens. To watch it? <laughs> no, no, not at all. All right, that's it. That's all. That's well, all I got about it. So what happened with me is that first night I spent at my nephew's house. He, like I said, he had been up all day working. He got up early to go to work, so he was tired. So he fell asleep while I, we were watching the mm-hmm. first episode. So I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, what do I want to watch? And I was kind of looking around, and there's this show on Amazon prime i've been meaning to watch yeah called red oaks um red oaks and it's set red oaks it's set in the mm. 80s it's a and the, the premise for it it sounds as dumb as dumb could be it's about this kid who comes home from his first year of college mm-hmm. and um he he starts working at the the country club in in the town that he lives in. He's very he's a very good tennis player, so he gets hired as a uh, uh, assistant tennis pro in this country club. It's it's the '80s, uh, so they have a lot of '80s music. In fact, they actually have "Break My Stride" plays during. <laughs> One of the episodes. Oh, that's it's, funny. It's it's two it's two seasons. There's going to be a third and final season come out sometime later this year. Mm-hmm. I watched. I binge watched all of the first season, ten episodes, oh. when I was in Houston a couple weekends ago. I actually watched all of them. Wow. And um and I and and when it started, I thought it was okay, and I just kind of kept watching it. And it and by the third, you know how it is sometimes when you watch something. By the third episode, you're <laughs> just in love with the characters, and you think it's you, you know you really like it and and it just won me over it took a it took a you know a little while i liked the first one i liked the second one the third one i liked more and then i just mm. kept watching it like okay it, it would do a it would do cool things like there's a, there's a girl that um there's a his this guy who's the tennis pro kid his his he has a friend that works at the country club that's a valet and he's this chubby kind of uh, pot dealer kid um okay. and he has he has a crush on one of the female lifeguards and she's nice to him but you know she already has uh, the other male lifeguard is her boyfriend and all that mm-hmm. and anyway he's talking to her and they somehow they start talking about music and he's like uh her, because the her boyfriend is in a band and the name of the band is something stupid oh i can't remember now um <laughs> 
but and they play a song and the song is stupid too and i don't remember anything about it now but mm. he gives her a a um roxy music tape because he he likes roxy music and he wants and so nice. he gives her avalon and she loves it you know and and so the music in it is fantastic and the story i was i was kind of watching it going what is it that i like about this because you know, it's a it's a comedy, but it's not like a Caddyshack comedy where it's kind of outrageous humor. Mm-hmm. There are a few things that happen that are kind of, you know, that kind of Caddyshack humor, but it's yeah. much more subtle than that. And then there are some romantic, like the 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 goofy chubby kid uh, and the and the lifeguard girl mm-hmm. kind of start going out and dating and hanging out together. And so it's mm. kind of that's really sweet and done well. And you know. But it's like one of those things where I can't tell you exactly why I loved it, but it's just one of those things where I just start watching it. I liked it. I liked it by the third, fourth episode. I loved it by the end of the first season. I was in love with the main character and just wanted to know, you know, I can't wait to watch a second season because I was just really interested in what would happen to him. Because, of course, it ends at the end of summer when he's trying to decide if he's going to go back to school. Uh. Uh, He wants to be. Oh, he wants to. His dad is an accountant, and his dad is played by Richard Kind. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know who Richard Kind is. Uh, and, not a fan. And, uh, Richard, oh, um, uh, the 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 tennis club is owned by Paul Reiser, and Paul Reiser plays a fucking great character. He's like a rich guy who's kind of an asshole and kind of a nice guy. Okay. <laughs> and, hmm. I mean, the characters were just really interesting. The story's really interesting. Gina Gershon is in it. Josh Myers and Jennifer Grey plays his mom. And it's and so what got me into it was I was reading about it online. And um, some of the episodes were directed by Hal Hartley, who is one of my uh, favorite uh, film directors uh, in season two. Some episodes are directed by Greg Araki, who is one of my favorite directors as well. And hmm. um, and another there's a female uh, um, director who directed a couple episodes and now I can't remember her name. It's not Penelope Spheris, it's someone else. But um, so, so like some some well-known names have directed episodes, and it, you know, it's it's just one of those shows that I really liked. And if someone else watched it and said they thought it was crap, I I would be like, well, you know, I can see why somebody <laughs> wouldn't like it. Okay. But I. I loved it. I just thought it was really cool and really funny. Funny, Hmm. but sweet. There's some real sweet, tender, you know, moments in it. It's not just a comedy. It's not just a drama. It's not just a love story. Hmm. Um, And it's got great 80s music. So there's a song in there, dude. A song in there I'd never heard before. Have you ever heard the song Thinking of Your Private Future by Love and Rockets? I don't think so could you hum a few bars yeah. no i i can't it was it was like a real it was like a really kind of mellow song and i'm and almost cheesy i'm like thinking of your private future hmm. who the fuck is this it's kind of mellow and almost uh, and almost romantic or whatever hmm. and just, and just almost cheesy and it, i so i had to google it who the fuck is this and it's love and rockets and i'm like i only know a couple love and rockets songs and they don't sound anything like this but oh. i was like i love this song it's it's just one of those songs I've never heard before. Um, and they they used Small Town Boy by Bronsky Beat, Marquee Moon by Television, um, Nova Heart by Spoons. Um, so and of course, the Roxy Music. And uh, anyway, uh, that was uh, that was my big show that I discovered well, on Amazon Prime a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. OK, well, it sounds interesting. I mean, 
a good soundtrack, good writing, and directors that you like. That sounds like a, a good combination for at least something that yeah. you're going to like. And uh, and what is what is it called again? Red, again, a horrible name for a show, Red Oak, which Red. is the name of the country club. Red ah, Oaks. Okay. All right. And, yeah, I thought it might be more like, I thought it might be more of an 80s spoof. Like, have you ever seen Wet Hot American Summer? I think so. It, it, I don't know. It, it was kind of. It was like a it was almost like a spoof of of 80s teen summer camp flicks, you know, like meatballs and all those. Uh, um, OK. And it, but it's it's funny, but it's also like Janine Garofalo is in it. And mm-hmm. some of the guys who were in my uh, on uh, MTV comedies, I can't think of any of their names now, were in it. And it's. It's funny and I like it, but it's meant to be like tongue in cheek and and a spoof of 80s things. Right. Okay. Uh, where this is like more of an homage to 80s stuff, but right. yet and a little bit of a spoof, but really more of an homage and uh, hmm, uh mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of really different and interesting. Yeah, not a spoof because it actually has heart. Right, exactly. Yeah, some okay. of the right. I mean you just the char- I think what really drives it now that I'm thinking about it is the characters. The main character, the kid who uh, is uh, the the assistant tennis pro, and of course I can't remember his character's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's struggling, trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. He's just been through his first year of college. They they're in New Jersey, of course. He he's taking a uh, the subway into town into New York every day to go to college during college, and he wants to move to New York, but at the same time he doesn't have enough money to do that, and um, um, uh, so he's trying to decide what he's going to do the next year with his life. He mm. doesn't really want to be an accountant, but that's what his dad wants him to be. All right. And then the kid who, who's the chubby kid uh, that likes the lifeguard girl is a pot dealer. And then a guy uh, walks up, comes up to him one day at the club and is like, I hear you're the guy, the man or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can get you this or that. And the guy, the guy wants him to sell Coke for him. So he starts selling Coke. Oh, very wow. 80s. Yes, know? very. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I but but that character, that kid, you just fall in love with him. You want him and that lifeguard girl. She likes him and she sees she sees him for the nice guy he is and not, you know, he's a chubby guy. He's not really attractive. Mm. Um, but she, you know, you're like, oh, I hope she falls in love with him because that's what you want to see happen. And she kind of does. Okay. And um, yeah, the parents characters are interesting. I just yeah, I, I, it was compelling. All right. Okay, well, I'll stop talking about it. Okay. <laughs> I will, um, yeah, maybe I'll have to look into Red Oak. We'll see. When Red f- Oaks, yeah, I think Red you Oaks. would like when, it if you watched it, yeah. Yeah, when you first started talking about it, I thought it was trying to go along the same lines as Twin Peaks or something like that, but it's right, nothing right. like that. And I don't know if that's what they were trying to to get you to think, to get you to be interested. Uh, yeah, I maybe. just can't figure out what they're what they were going for. Yeah. And like I say, it's not a it's not certainly not a perfect show, but I fell in love with it. I thought it was cool. I'm okay. excited to watch season two of it. All right. Um, well, um, oh, remember? I guess it was last episode. You were t- we were talking about Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. And I was under the impression that they took court cases and animated them and used uh, voice actors to do the roles well right as, as it turns out the guys who created rick and morty uh who are they justin roiland and dan Harmon, they actually did do kind of a primitive animation using rick and morty 
to reenact a an actual court case, the state of Georgia versus Denver Fenton Allen. And um, Morty plays the judge and Rick plays the defendant. And <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, it's, and it was originally done in black and white. And the, you know, the animation, like I said, is, is very primitive. But then fans of this video took it upon themselves to colorize it and enhance the animation. And so you can see both of them online, the one that was originally done by the Rick and Morty creators and then the, the fan reinterpretation uh, of it as huh. well. So it's, it's pretty How cool. How recent was, was this? Um, is this something that happened a few years ago or yeah, maybe a couple of years ago and maybe the, the, the fan, the updated fan version came like more recently. I don't know. I, I, all I know is I watched the, uh, the fully colorized one and it is hilarious because of the interaction oh, I gotta check be- it out. between Morty playing the judge and the defendant being played by the Rick character. It's it's crazy. I mean, it starts off with the the defendant played by, you know, the the animated character Rick telling the judge that he wants to get a new attorney because his attorney has been making sexual advances to him and has been withholding information from him. It's the the interaction between the judge and, you know, ultimately it just evolves into the defendant just saying, fuck you, judge, fuck you. I'm going to come and I'm going to I'm going to murder your family. And this oh, my is, God. And, and this is all from a transcript of an actual court case. So it it's hilarious. And so that's why I thought Rick and Morty was reenactments of court cases. Ah, gotcha. OK, OK. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up because I've never heard of that. So mm-hmm. um, and I'm surprised because um, I, you know, not that I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. I mean, I am, but I'm not a fanatical i guess is the word Mm -hmm. for it um so uh i haven't seen that that'll be interesting it's such a it's a really different show the first uh, the first time i saw it i was like what is this now (laughs) it's kind of like any anytime they start something new on on adult swim you're like what's what's this about now but because i did I, i saw the first episode too um not too long ago, and so I had never really seen the the very first episode until about a month ago, and um, and I was like, oh, it just kind of starts with Rick showing up, and mm-hmm. and he hasn't seen his daughter for a long time, and he moves in with their family, and and the dad wants to put him in a a home because the the kid is missing school, Morty's miss, missing school, oh. and hmm. uh, and and they think the dad is a, the or that Rick, the grandfather, is a really bad influence on him, which he is of course but it's mm-hmm. really interesting yeah so I, I on wikipedia i did a little reading and they were saying that the series originated from an animated short parody film of back to the future oh huh interesting isn't that, yeah isn't that you know except instead yeah, that's in, funny instead of doc you've got rick and instead of uh marty you've got morty Morty, of course. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's funny. Yeah, after seeing that I was like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, now it it makes sense why the characters look like they look cuz Yeah. The Rick characters <laughs> has got that crazy sticking out hair and the lab coat. Yeah, yeah. Right. So <laughs> now I'm more interested to see more uh Rick and Morty though. It's a really cool show. Yeah. It's unique. It's unique and different. Mm-hmm. Um w- when you were talking about um 
the murder podcast. I've already forgotten what it's called now. Uh, My Favorite Murder? My Favorite Murder. Yes. And we were talking about that. It made me think about uh, this week they had the first episode of season three of Fargo. Did you get a chance to watch that yet? Oh, I did indeed. Wow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's... It, it's funny because I was watching it and it's, you know, I the first two seasons were fantastic, in my opinion. Um, Agreed. I, I loved both of them. And this season with you and McGregor in it and I saw some previews, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I'll watch it. it it'll be good, but I don't think it's going to be as good as the other two seasons. <laughs> well, so far, I'm I'm like, this is just as good as the other two seasons. It's the first yeah. episode is amazing. But what I was, you know, I I was kind of thinking when I was watching it, I'm like, what is it about this that makes it so good? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, of course, it's, you know, it's based on Fargo and the thing with the funny accents of people who live in the the North Midwest. Right. And and all that, all those little quirky things that it does is is entertaining. Mm -hmm. But. It, it's also a show that's like, you know, murder is never simple. It's never just a cut and dry. Well, I shouldn't say never. You know, it's not murder isn't interesting when somebody shoots someone and you know who shot them and that and they go to jail. That's not a story. Yeah. But when some, you know, with Fargo, things go wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff oh, yeah. happens that you don't expect to happen. People who aren't involved get drugged into the vortex of the murder. Yeah. And. You know, that's what makes Fargo such an interesting show. So much shit happened in the first episode. <laughs> right. And so, so many people got tangled up in this web from something that was supposed to be just a simple robbery. Mm-hmm. That and it was completely fascinating. Right. And it all and it all stemmed from that guy losing one small piece of paper. Yes. Got, yeah. Got the ball rolling yeah. in a horrifying direction. <laughs> Of course, when when uh, the Ewan McGregor parole officer Ray asks mm-hmm. that guy to rob someone, you're like, oh, you, oh, this guy couldn't rob his own pocket. This guy's an right. idiot. You've you've made a horrible choice here. But um, yeah, I was happy but to. But that's uh, the show, of course. Right, I was happy to see the character who who's going to be the would be uh, thief of the stamp played by Scoot McNary who was on uh, uh, Halt and Catch Fire, if you recall, if you ever watched any of those episodes. I haven't ever seen that show. Okay, well, the character's name is Maurice, as we find out. But uh, right, yeah, poor Maurice. He got the wrong house, got the wrong stamp, and he got crushed. He got the wrong end of an air conditioner. <laughs> Holy shit, that was horrifying. Wow. So funny. I mean, funny, but yet, you know, that, that's the other thing about Fargo, too, is like, you know, it's like the wood chipper in the original movie. Shit happens and it's just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> this like, isn't just a guy pulling a gun, killing somebody else. No. <laughs> it's something much more ridiculous and absurd. But yet that just seems to make it more realistic, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Another thing. The thing I'm Go well, ahead. Well, you know what was interesting also to me is I knew Ewan McGregor was going to be in this season, but I didn't know he was going to be playing two parts. Yeah, I had actually seen that on a preview, and I thought, oh. and of course, he, you know, Ewan McGregor doesn't look, I mean, they've got him made up to look awful in both roles. Um, yeah, right. I was like, oh, 
it's Ewan McGregor and he looks old and nasty. On, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> do I really want to watch this? Wow, do I really want to see Ewan McGregor look his age? But um, he's he's great wow. in yeah. both roles. Oh, he's he fantastic. Is. Yeah, amazing. Uh, the whole the whole scene with the other character he plays, Emmett, who. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of owns a business and is somewhat of a mobster, but not quite really. And the whole thing with the David Thewlis character who comes in and oh. they borrowed money from someone from some right. mafia type organization and they want to play it pay it back and David Thewlis represents that mafia organization mm-hmm. and he's like, No, you're We've made an investment. We didn't give you a loan. Right. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on here? That's a really interesting thing. Yeah, it was like when when that character makes his appearance, I'm like, who the hell is this goofy bastard? And then they're like, oh, shit, this is not some guy to be trifled with. This He represents a big, bad-ass organization that is about to swallow this, this guy's company. Right. Use use them for money laundering or something. You just don't know what. Exactly. Something sinister. That's all you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And then the other interesting character is the, you know, there's the female cop with the uh, older father and then her young son. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, you know... He, she seems just as interesting as the female cop in the first uh, season. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm interested, you know, and of course it's her dad. I think it's her dad, right? Who gets yeah. killed. Her dad gets killed by uh, Maurice, the Scoot McNary yeah. character. Yeah. Um, through some just kind of ridiculous coincidences and, and um, right. Because he so can't, he can't that, remember the, the town he's supposed to go to and the exact name of the person he's supposed to steal a, a stamp from. <laughs> right. It was a comedy of errors so, or a tragedy of errors. Yes. A tragedy of errors. Yeah. Yeah. Just so the, of course the female cop character with, she has a, a, a son who's about 10 and then right. we find out as well. That her husband has recently left her for another man. So uh, oh, that's yeah. an interesting character. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what she, what, uh, you know, and right. she's also kind of like in the first episode, the first series, uh, she's the first year of the series. She's kind of up against the system where she wants to be the chief of police, but she's getting right. some pushback from males sure. in, the, the, in the, the old boy the police force. Right. The old boy network is, is the conspiring her against her. Yeah. So, and yeah. then the, the other thing was at the beginning, there's a scene set in <clears throat> East Germany in 1988 yeah. where, where it's, where it's like it has absolutely nothing to wow. do with the rest of the episode, but you know it's gonna come. It's gonna be uh, oh, a yeah. part of something eventually. <laughs> how is how is that gonna tie in? That's really weird right, shit, yeah. man. That's really weird. Yeah, mm. yeah. I am just as impressed with season three so far of Fargo as I was with the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. I. You know, I can't believe how good it is, and I can't wait for more. And and it's impressive that they've been this this series has been this good for this long now for, mm-hmm. three, for going into its third season now. I, I'm I'm like I was like that. You know, <laughs> it couldn't it couldn't be any better. It's just done really well. Right. Sometimes it's almost like watching a foreign film because it's it's such a different world. Yeah, it's very I mean what's great is they've kept all that Cohen brothers quirkiness mm-hmm. and weirdness in the series without ripping them off really. Yeah. Um more paying homage to them and the original movie. 
Yes. You know, it's there was and it just seems like there's so many opportunities for it to be horrible. And Mm -hmm. it's amazing every time you think it's not good. You know, just like I was saying, the thing with uh, you and McGregor playing brothers. And I was like, I don't know. And then, of course, the episode was amazing. And you're like, man, every time you think it's not going to be great, something great happens. Yeah. Yeah. And who's the uh, young actress who's playing the girlfriend of the, the parole officer that Ewan McGregor's playing? Oh, yeah. I don't know what her name is, but she's great, too. Yeah, she's she's a really interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. The thing where she's talking about yeah. what what she's interested in. And the, I thought it was going to be tennis. Mm hmm. And it's bridge. It's right. to be bridge. I know. That's, that's so hilarious. And, and, and they came in third runner up. Yeah, <laughs> I see. I th- I thought that they were going to be like you know card sharks, you know, and they were going to you know win the whole thing by you know hoodwinking all these old bridge players and you know cleaning up and making a bunch of money out of it. But it was no, it was nothing no, like that. Was... <laughs> Third runner uh, up, yeah. Woo. Third runner up in a bridge tournament. Oh, that's oh, hilarious. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that wonderful quirkiness that sometimes doesn't mean anything. It's just a joke. And other times, mm-hmm. who knows, that could come back in the series to be an important plot point at some point. You just never know right. with this show. Well, it's so crazy because they're they're celebrating their third runner-up prize in the bridge tournament. And, you know, just a few minutes later, they're murdering uh, Maurice right. <laughs> with, yeah, an, air, yeah. with, with an drop, air conditioner. Yeah, dropping an air conditioner on his head from the third floor. Oh, my God. God, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. They've managed to uh, make it fun and interesting into their third season now with different characters. Their third season. That were, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, that they were already uh, getting sucked into because it's that good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting that, you know, I think that's kind of cool when something like that, you know, that used to happen in Britain and England and maybe all of Europe. And certainly, I think, too, with with uh, Mexican telenovelas, where it would just be a, a a series would would end, would be a set amount. It would be almost like what we would call a mini series here in the States. Right. And, you know, and I think that's really neat because. You can't, it's nice for binge watching, which is what what people do now. But it's also just nice that, you know, you can watch a season of something and then if you like it or don't like it, you can you can. It's just like True Detective is coming back, they say. Yeah. And I like the first season. Everyone I've talked to has said the second season is not that great. Right. Now there's going to be a third season. Well, hmm. you know, I might skip the second season and watch the third season. I don't know. Yeah, well. We'll just have to wait and see. And then, you know, American Horror Story using that same premise right, yeah. with, with mixed results, kind of like uh, True Detective had, you know, a good season, then a bad season. Uh, American Horror Story, you could say the, the same thing about that. Um, right. Yeah. I know there are seasons I've never watched. I've watched a few episodes with my nephew, but I haven't really watched much of it. Yeah. But I know I've heard people talk about this one's great. This one's not so great. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like the latest one. What was it? American Horror Story Roanoke. Not that good, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, not that good. And that was I think that was kind of the general consen- consensus as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, speaking of not so good, man. Yeah. I have been completely disappointed in the last two episodes of Bates Motel. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, oh, all right, this latest episode then. Uh-huh, you won the the one that I call the shit on Dylan hour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, I guess so, man. You know, Dylan was kind of uh, looking like a a sad sack, like uh, Caleb was uh, yeah. <laughs> his last yeah. this episode for sure. Uh, and then just Emma just giving him a hard time and just being kind of shitty to him, and right, which I I understand where she's coming from, but I I don't well, yeah. know if I believe that character would be that that hard on. Norman, that unforgiving of Norman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, right off the bat, even though it's it, for killing her mother that she hardly ever saw and didn't like that much anyway. I just thought that was a little contrived, but um, okay, but now just, I just felt so sorry for him. I was like, oh my god. Okay, in in Emma's defense, I mean, granted, she just found out that her her mother had been murdered, and by you know someone that she knew, and. Of course, the weird part, though, is when she goes and goes to the jail and talks to Norman. Norman. Well, that was the best part of the whole episode. Oh, yeah, that was the best part. First, you, you think she's just going to go in there and just, you know, spew expletives at him or something. But then, you right. know, completely surprisingly, she you realize that she knows that it's not Norman talking to her. It's the persona of Norman that... A persona of Norma that Norman has created in his own mind, and so, right. So that, that was completely he, unexpected. So that was cool. Right. I, yeah, I wrote down Emma sees through the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was. I yeah. Thought that was. Yeah, I thought that was the best scene in the whole thing, and that was more like what, how Emma would really be. Yeah. I just found it hard to believe that she would be mad at Dylan and be be so. Mm distant and and i mean i know she's going through shit but i just thought sure. emma wouldn't emma would not be that unforgiving towards dylan i just i, mm. I didn't buy that for a second and it just i just felt so sorry for him because i'm like because he's a nice guy and he's trying to be right. you know nice to her and be and be what she needs and stay away when she needs and be there when she needs and mm-hmm. and and uh and it just gets shit on and i'm like poor fucking dylan <laughs> why is everybody got shit on dylan <laughs> well yeah i see but i guess you know dylan could have been a little more forthcoming when he thought that maybe Norman had something to do with her mother's disappearance. He had some information that he could have told her earlier on that maybe she would trust him a little more. But, well, that's true. That's you know, a good point. Yeah. But, you know, all he had was a hunch. He didn't know anything concrete. Right. Um, so, right. I agree. Yeah, yeah. She was, you know, and... And when she hugged him before she left the hotel room, it was almost like, damn, wow, is she going to divorce Dylan for what her, for what Norman did? You know, it was almost like she right, was, right. almost like that was the last time they were going to see each other or something. It almost felt like, right. it, was, it was weird. Right. I just, yeah, I just didn't, I had a hard time buying that because I, although I get this, I get if, if that really ha- was happening, even if her mother is kind of estranged, every time mm-hmm. she looked at Dylan, she'd think about Norman killing her mother. I could see right. where that would be hard to overcome, yeah. even if your mother wasn't wasn't your favorite person or the biggest person in your life true but still be hard to work through that that would take some therapy and shit sure and 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 now she knows there can never there can never be a reconciliation between her and her mother and her her mother can never see her grandchild 
Because that, right. that could have right. been the yeah. thing that brought them closer together and, you know, bury the hatchet of all the bullshit that, you know, that happened before. But you know, that's true. Lost, I mean, oppor- lost opportunities. That yeah. I didn't think about. Of course. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then we've only got one episode left to go. Yeah. What the hell? So, but and I, Romero, yeah. Romero. I feel like they've just. <laughs> Romero busts into the jail and takes Norman out. How come he just didn't just shoot him right there? I mean, it seemed a little kind of lame, right? Right. Right. I mean, but isn't that, you know, I well, guess yeah. if he shot him, well. <laughs> that would have been the last episode. <laughs> if well, he yeah. shot him right there, right? Maybe he's still right. He would have been arrested right away. Maybe he thought that if he if he took Norman somewhere else and killed him, then he would still have a good chance of getting away or something. Mm, I, yeah. you know, even though that's kind of maybe so. But I just, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right though. It wouldn't. I and that's kind of my problem with the last two episodes is although I've I've you know st- a few things have happened, I feel like at this point they're just dragging it out. You know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh-huh. I know there's got to be some things that happen, but. Right. It, could, it, it just feels like, OK, yes, now I'm ready for the finale because mm-hmm. um, you've drug on for two more episodes than you probably should have. Yeah. And so let's get to it. What the hell is going to happen? Is somehow Norman going to end up escaping and that's the end of the, the series with Norman on the lamb? Who knows? Maybe he'll go and yeah. uh, work in some uh, remote Canadian uh, outback somewhere, just like uh, Dexter did. <laughs> He'll be working with Dexter somewhere um, in some heavy moving equipment area. I don't know. <laughs> Is that how Dexter ended? Yeah, that's how I never De- saw Dexter. That's how the TV show Dexter ended. He's like working some you know shit job in some remote area with a long beard. So <laughs> whatever. So yeah, who knows how how this Bates Motel is going to end. I, I right. I can't even. I can't even guess at this point. Right. Anything could happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's at when it's at its best. That show really surprises you. i was just like. Yeah. I was disappointed last episode because that was the one directed by Freddie Highmore that mm-hmm. that I felt like he shouldn't have directed. He should have been concentrating more on what he was doing, and maybe they spent too much time. They could have made more things happen if he hadn't to have to direct it. But yeah. Um. And then this episode, I just thought, oh, it's the whole all this drama that doesn't seem all that important or realistic and mm, so anyway mm. yeah all right be interesting to see yeah okay man well uh, that's all i really have that i really definitely wanted to talk about okay well um Is i think i think i'd like to mention that uh, i saw all the other episodes of outsider the um oh david rock nelson one and the miami connection one and uh right yeah, I was interested. Well, I saw Bert Birdemic, I think, between... Birdemic, yeah. Yeah, probably just shortly after our, we recorded our last episode. And, uh, wow, what horrible, shitty, shitty, shitty special effects in Birdemic. <laughs> and, Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Wow. On, on some level, I think that the guy who did that movie is more delusional than the other guy. The, the uh, um, Right? Uh, what was his name? Laz Laz Rojas. Rojas. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, David Rock Nelson is probably more delusional than all of them. Well, maybe not. And yet, also maybe the most sane because yeah, 
He seems to be in on the joke. Yeah, he seems yeah. to be, you know, he seems to be in on what's going on. He does goofy stuff. Uh, right. He's definitely a goofy guy, but I think oh he, my God, he yes. gets his that his goofiness, you know, but but yeah, but he's also nuttier than a freaking. So I don't know. Oh, it's, my God. Yeah, I, they picked really four interesting stories of filmmakers mm-hmm. to talk about on their on those four episodes and it just ho- it just makes you hope there's more that they can find more to do um, because i know it's out there um oh definitely because i just thought those were, were those were super uh, interesting all four of them there wasn't ones where i was bored with any of them they're all kind of fascinating stories mm-hmm. and about fascinating people and people who you know, and I love the um, what is it, Grandmaster TK Kim? Yes. What an interesting guy. Oh yeah. Totally unique story. What a great story. You know, here he is, this this well respected motivational speaker and martial yeah. arts person. You know, and this is just a this the story of Miami Connection is just a small part of his story. And oh, yeah. Yet, you know, that guy could there there could be a two hour movie about that guy. It mm-hmm. would be totally fascinating. Yeah, I mean, uh, he he took a situation where he pretty much went bankrupt because of this movie that he made and, uh, you know, turned it all around and became a, yeah, like you said, a very well-respected motivational speaker and a martial arts guru. I mean, to look at his followers, he he almost has a cult cult of tk kim yeah it's, yeah. yeah i mean yeah not it's quite a, a, but you know it's a what little I mean. weird mm-hmm. it's a little weird it's the a whole little martial weird. arts and motivational thing is a little little weird but mm-hmm. um you know that just makes it more interesting i think because uh, yeah it, he's uh, you know he's very charismatic and 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 but also very genuine he seems like a genuinely good-hearted nice person oh yeah um and yet he has these fanatical followers that almost it almost seems cultish right a unique situation yeah it's like he doesn't worry me he doesn't worry me his followers worry me a little bit though (laughs) that's what it is yeah exactly exactly (laughs) his followers are a little creepy let's let's be honest here (laughs) yeah yeah they're a little concerning at at the very Mm -hmm. least yes yeah hey was that you mentioned something Something about your brother sending you a text. Yeah, he sent me a text. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it was a text. He said, in your opinion, which was the most badass 70s TV detective, Barnaby Jones or Frank Cannon? <laughs> and then he and then he put in parentheses in reality it was Mannix. And I I would ah. I, I would agree with Mannix. And so I sent him back a list and I said, here's my list based on pure bad assitude. Number one, Mannix. Number two, Kojak. <laughs> Number three, Beretta. <laughs> Number four, Steve McGarrett. Number five. Oh yeah. Jim Rockford. Number oh, yeah. Number six, McLeod. <laughs> number seven, Harry O, played by David Jansen. I mean David Jansen, come on. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I never saw I don't think I ever saw an episode of that show. Yeah, I I I probably only saw saw a few, but I do remember seeing it. Number eight, policewoman. Angie Dickinson. Come on, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> number nine, Columbo. Number 10, <laughs> Cannon. Number 11, Barnaby Jones. Number 12, <laughs> Ironside. <laughs> and, num- <laughs> and number 13, Ellery Queen. 
<laughs> at the bottom of the list, Ellery Queen. And so I put in there list. You know, I put in there list doesn't include duos or trios or shows I never saw. For example, Starsky and Hutch, Macmillan and Wife, Charlie's Angels, or Banachek. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw Banachek. I think that was George Papard, but I, I don't. Oh, I never yeah. saw anything like that. I, you, one of my favorites, I, I hardly watched any. I mean, I've yeah. seen almost all of those shows, and there are a few I saw several episodes. Mm-hmm. I've seen several mm-hmm. episodes, I mean, years ago when they were on. I don't remember much about them. I always loved that Barnaby Jones would go into a bar and order milk. I always thought that was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> that's, um, yep. And he was J- Jed Clampett. <laughs> right. That's I don't what, know. That's why you he's know, number. That's why he was number eleven on the list. <laughs> number eleven, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Uh, Barnaby Jones. I've seen a few. Um, many of those I've seen a few. Uh, the one I I liked Macmillan and Wife, and I there was another. You know, Macmillan and Wife was part of a series called something like Sunday Night Mysteries or something. Yes, like, you're it right. Be on every week, it would be on once every month or so, and then mm-hmm. I think. Uh, um, uh, one of the other ones that I liked was it was two old ladies who solved crimes and they were called the Snoop Sisters. Oh, Do I don't that? remember that. Uh, no, I don't even remember. I, one of them was Helen Hayes, I believe. Um, that was one you know, of my favorites. Yeah, that rings a bell a little bit. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I, there I, there may not have even been that many of them. Right. I think there were a few series. That got their start on that. What'd you say, Saturday Night Mysteries or? God, what I was? think it was Sunday Night Mysteries or something. Yeah. Right. The Sunday Night Mystery Hour or something. Although I think some of the episodes of like Macmillan and Wife and some of those I think were two hours. Yeah. They'd only be on like once a month or something. Well, didn't um, didn't some of those who got started in that way? Um, then ended up getting their own series, or became a more like an hour-long weekly series. That's totally possible right, too. Right? Yeah, exactly. That, that they did that for a year or two, and then they moved on to just be a a, a weekly series at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's possible. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know why it made me think of this. I was trying to think of like who's my, you know, I mean the the, the caveat on what your brother said was um, the badass, you know, not not your favorite, not right. who was the most interesting or whatever. Exactly. It was who was the biggest badass? Yeah. Right. Um, and that's why I put. But it uh, made me. So I, okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, well, who'd you put as number one? Mannix, and a lot of that Mannix, had to do yeah. with the fact that. His theme music was probably the best theme music ever. <laughs> and he had a black chick for a secretary. I mean, you can't beat oh, that. There you I think, go. Didn't That's Barnaby right. Jones? Didn't no? Wasn't Barnaby Jones's um, secretary uh, Meredith somebody who was a former Miss America? Uh, Meredith or Lee Merriweather? Lee Merriweather. Yeah. I, was yes. It, was that Mannix's secretary? That's the next list we have to come up with. The best secretaries on the seventies <laughs> show. Yes, that sounds great. But. <laughs> the show I I loved for some reason, and I can mm-hmm. uh, I can't tell you why because it was hard for me to watch an hour long show when I was a teenager and okay. a kid. I just I liked sitcoms. I wasn't that interested in those drama type series. Like I I don't even know if I've ever watched a whole episode of Columbo. That show drove me crazy. I oh you didn't Peter like Fox Columbo? Just drove me. Oh, okay. I didn't. He was he worked my nerves. Really? Um, but a show. <laughs> A show I watched that I love that was an hour long was mm-hmm. a show called Petricelli. Oh, Do you remember Petricelli? Yeah, vaguely. He was, he was I... a lawyer. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and he he solved crimes. Uh, he solved crimes, yeah, because someone would be arrested for uh, for something, and then he would. F- prove them innocent by solving what really happened kind of like an iron sides i guess or a, or a or perry mason perry mason yes perry yeah mason. but i just loved like there was a thing at the beginning in the opening credits where he would park his car or i think he drove a truck with a camper on it or something uh, and he'd park uh. it and then and then put a uh, out of order sign over the parking meter instead of paying <laughs> for the parking <laughs> I just thought that was really cool. Oh, what a cool guy. That's actually cool. <laughs> what a badass. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I thought was funny on um on those 70s TV detective shows is that they always had like a guest star. And of course, the guest star was always going to be the murderer at the end. So it kind of kind of gave it away from <laughs> from the very beginning. Right, that's true. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> So, um, from what I see here, Macmillan and Wife started on the NBC mystery movie, is what they called them originally. Okay. And it, they were in rotation with McLeod and Columbo. But then McLeod ah, okay. got it got his own show, and then Columbo got his own show. And I guess Macmillan and Wife got their own show at some point in time. I don't know. It's been too long. I think they were. I think they did. I think there was a couple seasons where they were an hour long. Yeah. So. But I know somewhere in there was the Snoop sisters. I thought it was a started I thought it was a 2-hour thing that was the Sunday night mystery or the NBC mystery movie or whatever, but maybe it was just a series that and I think it only lasted maybe it didn't even last a whole season. Mm. Or maybe they just did did them every once in a while as kind of like a, a made for TV movie or something. But it was in, you know. Yeah. I, it was so obvious that I was gay when I was a kid. I'd love, in, you know, <laughs> anything that was a show with with uh, older women in it. I would love. I loved. Oh, really? Freaking hmm. Miss. I loved. Um, Murder what's she her wrote. Name? Nancy. No, I didn't like that. That's a little past my time. That's the eighties. <laughs> but um, okay. What's the what? The Nancy Culp in um, Beverly Hillbillies. She was Mr. Drysdale's secretary, Miss Jane. Right. Fucking loved her. Thought she was the coolest. I, I just thought, uh, you know, any other guy. I'm sure you thought Ellie Mae was hot shit, but I liked Miss Jane. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's that's funny about Miss Jane. She was unlike any character you ever saw in any other sitcom. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So I I knew that she was she was interestingly different. I just couldn't figure it out as a little kid. What what right? what it was all about. I mean, not not that it was about anything. It's just a very unique she was. character played by a unique she actress. Was. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know. Like she was kind of the voice of reason in that show, but yet, yeah. you know, she but she liked the clampets for who they really were, but right. but she never seemed to be able to help them from getting, as hard as she tried from no. getting into troubles and misunderstandings. <laughs> no. And then and then they had the storyline where she was swooning over Jethro for some right. bizarre reason. <laughs> So she wouldn't be perceived as a lesbian, I oh, guess. Oh, maybe they threw that into the <laughs> script to throw people off the scent. <laughs> right, yeah. I yeah, don't know. Exactly. Yeah. I don't either. But I always liked there were there were 
characters I can I can't think of any. There were characters that were similar, you know, that would be kind of the unattractive, mm-hmm. smart woman, secondary, tertiary character in TV shows, and I always seem to like them, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've said this before. My my favorite Charlie's Angels was Kate Jackson. Uh, how they didn't know I was gay, I just don't know. <laughs> yes, I think that's definitely the uh, canary in the coal mine for gayness. Right. I don't, I don't. <laughs> when it comes to seventies yes. uh, sexploitation TV shows, yes, right, right. If you were a, if you were a Kate Jackson fan, if Sabrina was your favorite. Uh, Charlie's Angels. I think her name was Sabrina on that show. Oh, um, I, I can't even remember. I mean, even we'll go now, with that. when I think about when I think about that raspy voice of hers, I get oh. kind of a weird, <laughs> a weird hetero tingling. I don't know what that's about. I just her voice uh, was like, oh my god! As a teenage boy, I loved it. Hmm, interesting. Because, <laughs> I, because I know very weird because she was the more masculine of the uh, angels. I, I don't know. I mean, she really wasn't masculine. Well, she I mean, was, I don't, I don't she mean was the masculine. Smart one. Right, 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 right. I mean, she was the one that w- I, I maybe maybe I respected her because she didn't use her looks to oh. to uh, achieve things. She was the smart one. I don't know. I just don't know what it was. But mm-hmm. it's funny. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> good question. Tell your brother good question. That that sent us down a nice little slope right there. Boy, it sure did. You know, right right here toward the end of the the, the episode too. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so after I texted him back that list, he said, "That's a damn fine list." <laughs> well, as a as a as you know, I'm a list maker, and he's absolutely right. That's a very good list, thoughtful and. I and pretty easy to agree with too. I wow. think you nailed it, man. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Th- <laughs> I'm sure there's a few names in there that could switch positions, but I think it's pretty close. <laughs> right, right. I'm, it was hard, and I'm like, I. The only other thing I show I could think of, and I don't even remember the characters exactly, was um, yeah. Streets of San Francisco. Right. Um, but they were a duo. And I don't even know those. Oh, well, that's that's right. It's Carl that Malden was, what's and his name? What, Carl Michael Malden Douglas. And, Michael Douglas. That's right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. It'd be funny to see all of the um, TV detective shows that came out that never lasted, you know, uh, a full season. You know, the ones that are completely right. forgotten. Try to try to dredge those up somewhere. Yeah. Because, you yeah. know, there had to I be a ton of them. Yeah. Right. I'm definitely more familiar with um, uh, sitcoms from the 70s that only lasted a season or so. Um, yeah. There's there's a few of those that I know. Ooh. The one that always comes to mind is Holmes and Yo-Yo. Do you remember Holmes and Yo-Yo? Wow. No. <laughs> Damn. Okay. You're going to have to you're going to have to make a list. And we'll have it on the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll try to remember. (laughs) That sounds awesome. Wow, that would be interesting. Of course, then you'd have to get synopses of them as well, so... That could be that well, could be yep. a serious chunk of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when you're talking about little remembered shows, you need to explain a little more. Yeah, you say definitely. Quincy, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about Quincy. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, Quincy. I thought Quincy was on your list. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Of course, I think wasn't Quincy huh. in the '80s? 
though? Early 80s? It was a little probably early 80s, yeah. And he was a medical examiner, but also solved crimes. Right. By being the medical examiner, (laughs) I believe. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember John Christensen told me a story. He said, when that show Quincy M.E. was on, I thought it was just the, the title was Quincy. Me. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm I'm Quincy Quincy me <laughs> and I was like please please don't tell me that that's what you really thought and he was like oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so I thought that was that was hilarious Quincy hey take me in the back alley and Quincy me why don't you. <laughs> We should probably do our uh, thingamabob that we do. Yeah? Do we do a thingamabob? strategy. Oh, yeah, we oblique do. Oblique strategy. Try oh, to do our oblique strategy. See if we're going to do another one of these. And uh... <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, just as a side note, Quincy Emmy was from 1976 to 1983. So there you go. I guess. Dang, it started in the 70s. Yeah, All right. It could have been on the list. But uh, I, didn't re- <laughs> I, I didn't remember it. Okay, so... Oblique strategy of the week. So, uh, what, yes. what question are we uh, going to ask it um, regarding our show? Uh, well, this was hmm. a shorter episode because we made a we had less to talk about because so many TV shows are on hiatus right now. And well, that's and, true. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, we kind of tried to make a conscious effort to keep it a little shorter. Yeah, um, we did. So, so should we keep doing shorter episodes? Ah, okay. Should we keep doing shorter episodes? Here we go. Okay, let's read the card. (laughs) (laughs) Is it finished? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Wow, Bob. Hmm. Wow. We really need to, man, I'm going to have to start really using these in my real life because they have they have <laughs> yeah, given us good answers since yeah. we started asking specific questions. You got that right. I mean, should we have shorter episodes? We only make them shorter if we feel that they're finished. Right. So is yeah. it finished? Is, is, it, <laughs> is it necessary to be longer? If it's necessary to be longer, then they'll be longer, I guess. Yeah. I think that, See, I like uh, that answer because that answer tells you that answer confirms what I feel. We, you know, it, it's subje- it's sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes to talk mm-hmm. about all the things we got on our minds going to take three hours. Right, especially I, in my mind, there's a lot of shit going on in that mind. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be as long as it's going to be long. Right. If we put yeah. a, a as long as it know, needs to be. Yeah. If we put an artificial cap on things, and you know, we're not being true to. Uh, to what's going on so. to ourselves or to the show itself you're absolutely right i agree wholeheartedly right i mean we go slipping and sliding down slopes and sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get back up to the top of the hill <laughs> that is a good point <laughs> you know sometimes sometimes you lose your lift ticket so uh, you, you you can't get back onto the thing that takes you i don't know what i'm talking <laughs> that's a skiing reference oh, the ski though. lift yeah the yeah. ski lift yeah uh, if you yeah. lose your lift ticket because uh, <laughs> slippery slope i get it yeah, i get it so, that's yeah, a skiing right, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it makes sense it all works. It all mm-hmm. works, man. Mm-hmm. It all comes back. It does. It all comes <laughs> back. Sometimes it Indeed. all it all comes back to you. 
All right. It does. That's a corn dog man reference for all you people out there. Oh, that's right. Oh my God. Someday we gotta spend a little time on the show talking about corn dog man. Ooh, sounds good. Don't need no mustard or nothing. Don't need no mustard or nothing. You you still wearing them blue 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 britches? <laughs> Old blood hog found himself an acorn. <laughs> That boat's not 32 feet, it's 33 feet. You got yourself an extra foot. (laughs) Yes, we could just have a, we could Uh, just have a a corn dog man quote off. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. Oh Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. We will talk about corn dog man one day. It's a great movie. Seek it out so you can watch it and then be part of the fun when we talk about it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's you listeners out there. Your homework <laughs> for next week is, to, or for the future, is to seek out and find a DVD or a VHS copy or watch it online or whatever, wherever you can find it. Corn Dog Man. Corn Dog uh, Man with um, Noble Willingham. Noble Willingham. And uh, who directed Great. that movie? Do you remember who directed that movie? Oh, don't, don't have the slightest idea. I know, it kills Man, me. Well, it's such a great yeah. movie. We saw it at the uh, Austin Film Festival. In fact, when mm-hmm. John Christensen programmed movies there one year, it was the assistant film programmer. I do believe he's the one who discovered that movie and programmed it at the festival. Yep. And Indeed. it's it's a well, and that's the other thing I always forget. It's based on a series of phone calls that somebody prank called this guy. Exactly. And they recorded him. And I think you can listen to those prank phone calls. I'm sure you can on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, what's the guy's name? Ace something. Ace. Oh, the uh, in Corn Dog oh. Man. Ace Barker. Yeah. Yes. Ace Barker. And I think is I think that's the name of the guy in the in the prank calls too. I think it's Ace Barker's boats, but I could be wrong. No, I think it's like uh, like a used car dealership and or a car dealership of some kind called White's oh. Auto. I think it's White's Auto or something like that. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's big chunks of that uh, audio tape that, you know, went viral <laughs> way back when when g- going viral meant people were passing cassette tapes around of things. Right. Yeah. Right. There was a thing where a guy back was in the Jerky Boys days. Ex- exactly, where they were people were passing around this this tape of this guy prank calling uh, uh this uh racist uh, car dealer. I remember I remember listening to that on I think it was on YouTube uh and saying wow I mean some of this dialogue is verbatim in Corndog Man so I was like whoa right mhm right cuz in Corndog Man he plays a boat salesman and this guy starts prank calling him yep and uh first pretending that he wants to buy a boat and then it gets more and more sinister and more and more weird and so they kind of took that prank call tape and extrapolated Mm -hmm. a movie out of it um and it's a really one of the uh, one of the greats of of independent film of the 2000s and um, agreed i you know boy talk about old blind hog found himself an acorn you can you can uh if you find that DVD of that movie, I don't see how you could not be thrilled. Yes, it's uh, definitely an exploration of um, racism and how your past sins can come back to haunt you. Yes, I'm it's your funny son. too because it's 
it's funny and then it turns dark. Oh, it does. It's like it starts out being super funny and then it it mm-hmm. just gets more and more absurd and then it just all of a sudden gets fucking really dark. Yeah, it's it a does. crazy movie. Wow, wow, it sure does. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mhm. All right, man. So, hey man, this is a great episode. I thought so too. I, I'm excited. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. So, all right, so you too, man. Shall we get out of here and say slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope? Don't need no mustard or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>